Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. I'm glad that you unloaded on me. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Can we start the intro with that clip? That's like out of context. That is. Thank you for unloading on me, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) We really hit a peak in our friendship tonight. Oh my gosh. Too funny. We're just chatting away here on the, on the intro. Welcome back everybody to the intoxicated podcast. Uh, We are back with another episode this week here with Sarah. Nicole. Hello. I came in early and I said, hey. <laughs> We're still working on the chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> Someday. We're there. Someday. I think we're good at saying things at the same time. Yeah. Let's, ready? let's pick a, well, what are we going to say at the same time? Uh, fan. Okay. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Sorry. God. Well, okay. We need context. Maybe we'll introduce this week's guest. Do you know the full name of this week's guest? Yes, I do. Okay, sweet. Because he has different names sometimes, so it can be con- confusing. Um, okay, don't fuck You this guys, up. this we have a new episode this week. This week's guest is Richard, Richard Allen. Allen. Oh my god, we did it! I'm so proud of us. That was that was magical. I know. We sh- I'm going to say everything at the same time as you going forward. Damn it! I was just about to try it, and I was going to say all I the gave time. You- I know you looked at me, and I went, "Is she going to say all the time or I gave going you forward?" Time. I know you did. That's okay. God bless you. Next time, um, you guys, my lord, this week's episode is a doozy. I feel like we should almost add a slight trigger warning on this. <laughs> just a slight, <laughs> just a slight <laughs> trigger warning. Um. Bearing the lean here, I'm going to introduce this week's guest. It is, in fact, Richard Allen. So Richard Allen, he is a comedian here in Halifax. He's a friend of mine. I've actually known him since before he did comedy. Um, But he is a videographer and a stand-up comedian. And he had arguably the worst start of the 2020 pandemic (laughs) Um, when he experienced something quite traumatic, which we get into in this episode pretty much right away. I think like the first half hour is like just getting right to it. Yeah. You don't waste no time. There's no time being wasted on this one. But like this is a good this is what I like about this episode is uh, Richard's been kicking around the comedy scene doing comedy here and there for quite a while. And I feel like he's someone not a lot of people know really well. So I love that, like, we really got to know him. Yeah. Like and got into so much stuff. People know who he is. They don't know who he is that's right yeah. who is richard he's an alan <laughs> damn it <laughs> he is a very nice guy by the way very nice guy and whew, what are the things we talked about so going back to the trigger warning thing we did talk about dead friends death some suicide jokes off the top as well. So if you're sensitive to those, maybe don't listen because they're, yeah. Um, skip, skip, skip up. Wow. 
Just skip the suicide. <laughs> skip the suicide, yeah. Both literally put the and in this hold. episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's oh. some I mean, I think I think just overall, there's some dark stuff in this episode. And the thing is, I feel like with these dark topics, it's good to actually have these conversations in a comedy format. Because it never stays too dark for too long. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, because it is a comedy podcast, we do always bring it back to jokes and silly fun times. But we do get into some deep stuff. We talk about death. We talk about grieving. We talk about mental illness. We did touch on, you know, sexual assault. So again, if you're sensitive to these subjects, skip on over. Skip on over. I hate to say skip. it. But I also feel like you're probably not too like if you've if you've been listening for this amount of time, you're probably cool with this type of stuff and you can you can listen. But this was a wild, wild, wild roller coaster of an episode. A very classic intoxicated episode. Deep and funny. All in one. I thought you were gonna say deep and dirty. Not it wasn't dirty though. Wasn't it wasn't too dirty. It was just deep and fun. There was a whole conversation about sex at one point, I think. But um but I loved this one. I thought it was so cathartic, I think, for both of us, too. What a word. Cathartic. <laughs> cathartic. Cathartic. What did you think of this episode? You were, this. you were here as a fly on the wall for this crazy roller coaster. It was really intense at some points, mm. but also very fun. And that's the thing. It always comes back to being fun. Right, folks? Because we're just a fun podcast. Speaking of Richard... Um, you can actually find him as well as myself and Sarah. Oh yeah, I'm there too. I You're forgot. there too <laughs> on Monday, November fifteenth at the Grawood at Dell for an open mic. There's an open mic at Dell now. Did you know? It's really really cool. Well, now you know. Now you know. There is a show. I'm helping produce Grawood. this open mic. So, um, it is a monthly open mic, and we we want newbies. We want newbies to come try stand up. If you've never done it, come to me. Let's let's get you to try this crazy thing that we all do. If you're a newbie, have no fear because Grawood is here. Oh damn, son! We got a jingle. Oh, we got theme song and everything. But yeah, if you're if you're around on Monday night, come on out because you'll see all three of us on the show. It is going to be headlined by Adrian Gabriel, who's always a treat to see, and hosted by Joe Harfouche. It's going to be a grand old fun time. And if you've ever wanted to try stand-up, you can email um, the email that I will put in the description of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what a great email. To sign up. Or you can just send me a DM as well. Either one. Or just show up, because we actually do have a uh, sign-up sheet at the entrance if you want to sign up for a set we have a sheet okay no there's no rhyme there sorry <laughs> we tried <laughs> so guys i really hope you enjoy this wild amazing episode with richard allen i loved it i hope you will too make sure that you are subscribed to intoxicated on whatever podcast app you use um make sure that you're following intoxicated on instagram and on facebook subscribe to the youtube channel still still wanting to get to 400 subs really really hoping by the end of the year so make sure to check out the youtube channel there's video episodes up on there as well and if you love the podcast 
leave us a five-star Apple podcast rating or review. We would love you forever for that. It really, really helps out the show. But that's about it, I think, Sarah, isn't it? That's it. That's it, folks. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Everybody, please enjoy this week's episode with Richard Allen. Cruel summer and a real bad spring. I'm sick of waiting for the next bad thing. Good times are invisible. Maybe I'm cynical. I've just been miserable. Everybody's having real bad mood swings. Could start a fire with my own damn mood ring. Me and trauma go way back. I've never been laid back. Saying shit I wish I could take back. Christmas, and then all of a sudden we were like, "Okay, McKay or McDonald? Where are we jumping off?" <laughs> like it, that was that should be a new McKay. segment because everyone's I depressed on this podcast. Everyone's depressed on this podcast. That should be a new new segment on the show is uh, McKay or McDonald's. I'd say McKay because McKay is less popular. You know. <laughs> well, McKay is the McDonald one... is easier. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is. You can walk up the bridge. Oh, you that's okay, yeah. I mean, but hey, listen. But I want a little bit of excitement. I was gonna say, and it's also a challenge. Yeah. We like a challenge. The McKay would be a challenge. It's much more disruptive to everybody around you to do it off the McKay, because you gotta stop your car in traffic. (laughs) Hold on, I've gotta go kill myself. Blocks up a whole lane. You just wait. This is my last performance before I Then your entire legacy has caused a backup on the McKay Bridge. That's how you'll be remembered when you die. I love that. I want that written on my tombstone. <laughs> Cause an accident. You know, we uh, we really just get right to it here in this podcast. <laughs> We're going deep. I love this, though. This is going to be a fucking good one. Uh, woohoo! Okay, we're back, everybody. Oof. Woohoo! So Woo! much for not getting loud. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> I just love the song, Song 2 by Blur. Ah, uh, yes. It's a great song. Uh, We're back on the Intoxicated Podcast, and I am so excited uh, for this episode. This week's guest is a comedian, videographer, tech expert, uh, amazing friend, probably better than any of you (laughs) for reasons we'll find out about. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, Richard Allen. Hello. Hello. Nice to be here, finally, by myself. Welcome, buddy. Thank you. I'm happy I could make it. Richard, you've been, like, behind the scenes with Intoxicated a lot. Like, you've, yeah. you've been in the eye of the storm, but never, like, on the boat. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> bitch! <laughs> bitch! That's a good metaphor. That was very solid for us, Sarah. You write listen, that one down. Listen, I'm getting quick. Professional quote maker over here. Listen, comedy makes me quicker for some reason, which it is weird does, because right? because I, I feel brain dead most of the time. I don't I feel the same way too. And I don't really consider myself to be somebody that's like super quick on their feet, which is why I don't really do crowd work, mm. um, stuff like that. Crowd work. Uh, but I've definitely, you know, 
once you spend enough time around this, regardless of whether or not you're inclined to do that sort of stuff, like you get sharper with you get sharper. grabbing stuff fast. And yeah. hanging out with comics forces you to get sharper. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta bring your A game. Because if you don't keep up, you will uh, like fucking Martin. You will be devoured. I love Martin Edwards as a comic, but you know the last <laughs> couple of times I've been going to Gus's and hanging out with him afterwards, and we'll all have a few drinks, and Martin gets a few drinks in, and he turns into this like craftsman of a storyteller. <laughs> well, he'll do this this like ridiculously long setup that you're just like, why the fuck are you still talking about this, Martin? <laughs> and then he'll just drop an ending on it that brings the whole table down laughing. Yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, but like that's not what he does on stage, which is know? interesting. Well, well, yeah, storytelling comics, I envy them. Oh, yeah. I I really envy them because I could never, I've tried to do longer bits and I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not there yet to a point where I could get the audience to trust me all the way through. It's a learned skill. Fuck yeah, it Uh, is. It's hard. It takes, it takes a long time. I mean. Even Travis, just a quick shout out to Travis Lindsay, just finished mixing his uh, new CD coming out very soon called Killed at the Funeral. Killed it's wonderful. At the I've listened to that thing dozens of times now while we're You edited it. it. And mixed it and recorded and it. Mixed it and helped uh, him with the setup. And... Yeah. So, Travis, uh, excellent storyteller. I think he but sucks. Like, it took. <laughs> <laughs> well, I doubt he's going to listen to this anyway, so it's a matter if you say that. My joke with Travis is like whenever I like have him on the show, I was just like, yeah, this guy's okay, I guess. Yeah, Travis, right. like, like I, I purposely like <laughs> tell yeah. him he's garbage because <laughs> I think it's yeah. funny. And and I mean, I'm sure your regular listeners who are not comics uh, are probably aware by this point that is how we treat each other in the comedy. That scene. is uh, it's a lot of shit talking. Love language. Thick skin. Yeah. yeah. Um. But Travis, masterful storyteller. It took a long time for him to get to this level. You know, he's been doing it since he was 16. Right. And he wasn't so I've I've watched Travis like rocket up, you know, in my time in the scene. And while he's always been inclined to be a storytelling kind of person, he was a lot more joke based for a long time. And it's only recently that he's finally hit his stride as a storyteller Mm -hmm. and he's doing a great job of it. So that's just to say it takes work. You don't that's a very specific type of performance. And uh, it's very rare that you'll have somebody that just like naturally right can do it immediately off the top. Well, it's an interesting art form too because it's not like say like say if you went to like I guess you co- could practice being an actor. I yeah. guess you could. Yeah. But with comedy, like you have to practice by doing open mics. That's literally by the on only way That's that it. you're gonna get good at it is uh, to just get on that stage as much there as there is possibly no substitute. Can. This is not The Sims. You can't no. stand in front of a microphone in your living room and uh, get better at doing comedy. Uh, Sarah my sighed very path. loudly. For, uh, I'm sorry to break it to you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> no small coincidence. Uh, that is my favorite career path in The Sims 4. Uh, is it really? Time. Oh, yeah, it's fun. I played The Sims. Okay. Well, actually, we'll get... I'm getting ahead yeah, of sure. myself. Um, you're, no, you're no stranger to podcasts. So, Richard, you've been on... You were on a Christmas special. I think... I think BV before video. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just come up with that? Sure did. I had to think in my head what the initials were. I don't know if you saw that. I saw you saw me think. Go. I, was, right. I meant to say PV, and then I was like, no, that's not right at all. BV. Uh, yeah. This was before we did. I did video, and we were like just sitting around the living room. How long ago did you start doing video? It's been a it while. Would, though, right? Well, the first two years, I don't think I did. Or at least the first year and a half, I yeah. didn't. It wasn't until you started doing live streams. It was, yeah, the yeah. 15. 
was in the 15 hour live stream at the 12 hour live stream. You know what? I don't know. Yeah. Nonetheless, <laughs> you've been doing videos. Go for to the YouTube channel and check um, out the massive amount of videos I have. Yeah, I have kind of appeared in the sidelines on this podcast before you were doing video and after. Um, it's a glow up. Yeah, there you go. It's my time to shine. <laughs> you might have been around when I was using snowball mics. No. Oh, you weren't? I'd remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I fucking hate those things. Yeah, they're so pretty much. brutal. Sorry, Corey. I know you still use them. Hey, mm. look, placement's everything. They do placement and how you use them it's will very much about placement. Will go a long way. Yeah. You gotta get close to those exactly. babies. Exactly. Nice they and close. Have, uh, short range. You gotta get nice yeah. and close to the mic. Yeah, you gotta talk like that. Nice and close to the mic. <laughs> Nikki Glazer uh had this thing on her podcast that she brought up. She's like, isn't it funny? that like all humans are skeletons and if we didn't have our skin we would look like we would just be laughing all the time because of our teeth like yeah. this guy like yep. see how he is like that's how we look all the time isn't that crazy it's true it's just yeah it's insane and then you'd just be like flesh kind of jiggling around it'd be uh be weird with no skin it's God, that'd be so weird not to have we're skin. We're just we're just watery uh, bags and skulls Ugh. walking around in meat suits. Ugh. That's the human experience in a nutshell. Mm, we're just bags of meat. We're just bags, mostly water, but oh, that's meat. yeah, that is interesting. Um, I mean, Jesus, I don't drink enough water. I'd be shocked if there was anything <laughs> in there. I dehydrate myself constantly. It's bad. I drink your water, you'll feel a lot better. It's true. I'm trying to write a joke about this, about how I'm such a cunt sometimes, and I just have a glass of water. Also, I just need to have a glass of water. Sprinkle a little lemon in it, maybe a slice of cucumber. Yeah. Jazz that water up. Make that water your own, baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Richard, Richard, you were on a Christmas special. I was. You've been here for the live streams. You've also been here for some podcast recordings, too. Serena, Serena you were here which for was that. fantastic one. Watch Serena's if you haven't already. Oh, so good, Serena. Um, but what was like the last podcast you were a guest on? <laughs> well, uh, the last time I did a podcast all by myself was March 17th. 2020, I was a guest appearance on the Boys Club podcast. Shout out to the Boys Club podcast. Uh, and it was because lockdown had just started. Andrew couldn't have any guests over to the apartment. So he's like, you want to be on my podcast? I said, yes. And we did the podcast. Uh, and then Andrew died <laughs> in his sleep. That was it. The last time so I was on a podcast, the host died that night. Good luck, Sarah. I'm going to be <laughs> calling you at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Sharp. Maybe I nine. I took tomorrow off from to work, so God. I might sleep in. This is a testament of oh, number one how depressed I am right now, yeah. but also just like my belief in ghosts. If if I fucking die, I'm haunting you both of you. I don't know please, why I'd haunt you. Please haunt me. But for sure, I'm gonna show up and say jokes something. on you. I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> just show up. God damn it. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Wild times. That was my last podcast. And it was a good one, too. I'm glad we went out with a bang. You know what's uh, um, so funny about that podcast? My first tip-off that Andrew had died. Well, actually, it wasn't even really a tip-off that he had died. But that morning, I was working from home that morning. And I remember hearing a buzz over his audio. And, like, he was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I'll screen record it the next time I hear it. Okay. And I literally, like, heard the buzz on your guys' episode. And so I took a screen recording of it. And I texted it to him. Here's the buzz. 
And then I didn't get a response. That was my last text message. My last text message to Andrew was bitching about his podcast quality. <laughs> yep. Hey, that's fair. I've given a lot of thought to how thankful I am that of all the things we ended our last night together, it was good night and uh, not some of the much not- more <laughs> offensive things we have yelled to each other at the end of any given evening. Because, uh, boy, there's one local comic in town... <sighs> And we've joked about this. I won't say who it is, uh, but his last message to Andrew may or may not have included a homophobic slur. And now I'm just saying, like, you never know what the last thing you say to was it said in joking or serious? Yeah, yeah. And it oh. was not. Sorry, just for clarification, I'm not saying it was not some sort of insult. This is a rapport these two people had. Yeah. Um, but like, dude's now got to live with that being the last words he said to a very close person in his life. Uh, the last text food for thought (laughs) the last uh, text message that Andrew sent me still have it in here I still haven't deleted his messages how funny is that Um, where oh did I did I delete it Uh, I I eventually deleted mine couldn't hang on to them anymore oh really Uh, that's fair Um, oh and for context for anybody who doesn't know the exact situation that we're talking about andrew we're talking about andrew vaughn he was a local comic for a long time very good one uh he was my roommate for five years one of my closest friends as we've now discussed uh woke up and found him dead one day Mm -hmm. it was fun i got a great 10 minute story out of it so you know it's what big cat would have wanted it's really what he would have wanted i i actually think i did delete them or my phone deleted them that makes me sad, but I think the last message he sent me was just the letter L, and it was a mistake. Nice. <laughs> L. <laughs> L. L. I have talked about him like so much on this podcast. Oh, I if bet. you don't know, like, yes. if you don't know him, then you're not listening. You're not a true enough fan. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. We might get some random, uh, you know, walkthrough. You. So you have gotten material out of it. How long yeah, did it take bit. you to start working on that joke? I mean, technically, right from the start, because it's not, <laughs> the thing is, it's not even a joke. There are jokes in it. Obviously, you need punchlines. It's a story. story more, yeah. But, like, it is literally just a retelling of the events of that day. So, like, that was firmly rooted in my brain from the moment that it happened, obviously. And I made some embellishments here and there. It's not all 100% factual, but all the really important parts are. All the bones are. Um, yeah. And uh, to actually get inspired to tell it on stage took over a year. Yeah. Um, I think, no, no, not quite. I think, uh, let's just say a year, ballpark of a year. Um, it was a long time. No way. I absolutely wouldn't. And uh, then I don't remember exactly even what happened. I just sort of felt a little inspired one day. And no, it was after going to, uh, it was just after Yucks reopened in the Seahorse basement. That's, that's exactly what it was. Went to check out the opening. And that was my first time out to a comedy show in a long time. Uh, You know, the events of him dying had really dissuaded me from getting back into the scene too quick. Oh, that's fair. And uh, then I went out. I went to catch Andrew Evans uh, close out or headline Yucks. And uh, I don't know. It was just I was in a good mood when I went. It was a great show. It had been my first time back uh, to a proper stand-up show in a long time. And I was just like... I feel inspired to uh, to do this. So Let's went home it. that night, started writing the shit out, and I think I tried it on stage for the first time a few days after that. Damn. What, yeah. like, and it's just, like, so crazy to me because I think for, like, a lot of us, like, who are friends with him, like, that 
was our pandemic. Like we definitely mm. had a pandemic. It was a Expe- defining point of it. But it started at like it was March 18th, people. So yeah. it was days after we were told to stay inside. Yeah, it was like it was Wednesday. It was, we lockdown started on Monday. This happened on Wednesday. So um, for a lot of us, like we were we were going through <laughs> that what was the, the fuck is happening with the, the world thing. yeah what was hap- what's happening with the world oh also we just lost our, our friend who we didn't expect to die although given his health weren't um, surprised he died oh no everybody knew he was gonna die i mean the dude was like morbidly obese his entire life and by the end was smoking a pack a day and like crushing well he had switched from drinking a 12 pack of beer multiple times a week to uh vodka sodas, vodka sodas. <laughs> Like a basic white bitch. For all the good it did him. And, uh, <laughs> that was it. So yeah, like we all knew it was going to happen eventually, just not so fucking suddenly. Yeah. Uh, and arguably... Life goes on for some of us. Um, You had the worst experience with that because you're the one who I think that's safe him. to say. I think yeah. it's safe to say. I'll take, I'll take the win on that one. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, and I remember when that happened and... You just know something fucking is up when someone says, can I call you? You just actually know. I think you said I have to call you. I don't remember what your wording was. I don't remember. I got to give you a call. Yeah. I was just like, or I was literally waking up from a nap. <laughs> I was so pissed. Yeah. I was like, I have to talk to somebody now. Yeah. This was about uh, one or two in the afternoon. Still pretty early on in the day. It was later for me. It was around five. Uh, was it? Yeah. All right. Things have gotten you, broken up. Listen, phone calls he had a batches. phone free to get through. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people to call. Not many people in their lives can probably say that they had to do a death phone tree, which is what you had to do. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about it that way. It's a death phone tree. You never know what you're going to do until uh, you're actually. You can use that, that as a joke if you want. Death, death phone tree. tree. I don't. You know what? I don't think I've ever heard the term phone tree before. Phone tree. Oh, you haven't? It's no. like the parent teacher. You know, like. um. I don't know if, like, any, did your school do this with, like, parent-teacher stuff? Like, where it was, like, if something happened, you notify this person, and then you notify this, and it's, like, a hierarchy? Oh, no, okay. my school wasn't that fancy. They didn't care. They're, like, if something happens to you, too bad. Yeah, I don't recall anything like that when I was in school, either. I mean, it, it's a logical idea. Mm-hmm. I understand the premise behind it, but. Yeah, I, I think I just heard about it in movies. It Actually, you know what movie I heard it from? Practical Magic. Uh, <laughs> because of that scene at the movie. start. Yes, it's a phone tree. Practical Magic. I know it from call centers because we have phone trees in call centers. There you go. So. Who's the first person you called? Travis. Uh, oh, well, it would have been his mom, probably. No. It wasn't? It wasn't his Shit. mom. Shit. I didn't have his mom's number. Right. I also didn't have his father's number. I managed to get... How exactly did this go down? I don't remember who the first person I called was. It might have been Travis. I think, other than obviously 911, uh, Travis <laughs> was the... <laughs> Travis and then 911. Travis, Travis the He's dead, Travis. Oh, just give me a second. I gotta <laughs> actually call 911. Yeah. Um, no, so I don't, uh, it, it's all such a haze now that uh, I don't remember exactly what had happened. I didn't or couldn't get a hold of Andrew's mom at first, and the cops wanted to notify her, being the direct next of kin, couldn't find her address either. Uh, no, that's what it was. I had called the people that um, I needed to in the very beginning, and I don't remember exactly why I didn't call Andrew's mom immediately, because like I... I think a lot of it was just knowing that she's going to find out. 
Yeah, I think uh, in that situation, it's like, yeah, there's a, a corpse in my yeah. apartment. I gotta get, yeah. Yeah, so um, I I <laughs> called everybody, and uh, she was the last person that I got a hold of, and we were, like, the cops wanted to notify them, uh, notify her themselves, but we didn't have her address. She lives, like, very rural area. It's not us. It's not just, like, Fuller Street. Right, right, right. Um, and eventually, I had to call her because she was starting to text Andrew's phone. Fuck, man. <laughs> and, and I was like, officer, I respect that you want to do this, but this woman is going to show up here if she can't get a hold That's of her son. That's right. And his body is still in the room, and then there's going to be two fucking corpses here. Fuck, man. Oh, my God. So I had to call her and tell her over the phone. That's what I didn't want to have this conversation with her over the phone, Andrew's mom. I wanted to be able in to tell person. her in person. Um. But no, I had to call her, and uh, that was one of the least pleasant phone calls I've ever oh, had to make in my dude, life. I can imagine. Uh, so, like, mad respect to anybody that's got to do that sort of shit on a regular basis, because I am done. I'd hoped you never have to do that again. Oh, I should fucking hope so. <clears throat> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a heavy day. Dude. <laughs> yeah. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to stay in that apartment by myself for the next three months. And the worst part, the worst part, I finally had the apartment all to myself for that entire time. It was the middle of a pandemic, and I couldn't use the best sympathy sex card in the world. In no, the you world. couldn't, because you no know, one was fucking right. Couldn't friend. cash that shit in. And that was at the height, too, the height of like, First no one, you could not see a soul. You couldn't see nope. anyone. <laughs> that was People a, were scared to leave their homes. It was a long, lonely three months. Man, God, the summer of 2020 will literally be, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Like I will be, if I'm, if I live to be a hundred, I will still remember Mm. him dying, pandemic, lockdown. Oh, for sure. This is, you know, the change of story, the story that I do, you know, about Andrew dying, I had to cut a lot out of it to stay at a reasonable time. But one of the things that I cut out that at some point I'll try to work in the narrative as a whole was that like, we literally just lived through a historic event, right? Lots of shit happens. Lots of shit's footnoted in books and stuff somewhere, but there's shit that you say and people immediately, immediately know what you're talking about. World war two. Nobody doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about when you say world war two, mm-hmm. you know, related to world war two, the Holocaust. Nobody doesn't know what you're talking about. Uh, the pandemic is now one of those things. It is. I mean, two years. Yeah, we've been in this thing for. Well, so yeah, wait. you're not going to remember or forget the events of that summer because, like, this is a big thing that we all just went through. Yeah, and then on a personal level, with him dying and like, yeah. How did you? If you don't mind me asking. No, I'm an open book about um, this. You had to. You you had to essentially go into troubleshooting mood and mode and the way that i this is a weird comparison but i see it like event planning when there's an an event planner's state of mind when shit's going wrong is very like this just has to get done this this like it just becomes um almost like you turn off the emotional side to deal with logistics and that's essentially what you had to do you had no choice yep you had you were the one who had to call the cops you were the one who had to call Number one, you had to have a difficult phone call with his mom and then proceed to have that conversation with all of his close friends on the phone and then make a statement 
yeah. to put on Facebook, which I think was that same night. Yeah. yeah that or the same day. So he would have died the night before, but you posted the statement that night. Yeah. Um, and we're not exactly sure when he died. Still don't know. Probably we'll never know. I mean, certainly not at this point. So it could have been like immediately after he went to bed. It could have been, you know, when he was supposed to get up. Uh, who the fuck knows? Um, I hope it wasn't when he got my text criticizing his podcast. <laughs> no, I don't think so. There were a bunch of unanswered texts on his uh, phone. I finally got it unlocked. Earliest one being at 11.58 p.m. So that's why I said we don't know. Maybe he died right after he went to bed. He went to bed at like 11.55. He had just gone to bed. Got a text message from somebody that was unreplied to. Um, so there's no way to know. <sighs> no way to know. Um, did you break down right away or was it shock no. for a long time? Probably shock, right? No. Uh, yeah. Shock. Definitely. Um, kind of a minor freak out at first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sort of a disbelief. Like what? You, what, you, what the fuck? I'm not prepared for this. Uh, and then it was, like you said, just troubleshooting mode. And in a sense, that's just the kind of person that I am. Uh, very sort of practical. Yes. So I just did what I felt had to be done in the moment. I certainly wasn't going to sit on my ass and not know what to do about a dead person in my living space. The shit that has to be done in, in that sort of situation. Uh, and I will say, uh, no one joked about his death more than Andrew. <laughs> and a frequent joke people would true. make was you finding him. Oh, yeah. Him and I made that joke a lot. <laughs> that was kind of my big thing for the first couple of weeks after. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, this is the thing. This is the thing that we had joked about quite a lot. Uh, one of our more morbid ones was me finding him dead, and that's literally what happened. Unbelievable. Careful what you joke about. It might come true. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, it would suck to win the lottery. Wouldn't that suck? Wouldn't that suck? Wouldn't it suck to not be depressed? <laughs> I'll tell you, though, I got an interesting tidbit of news from one Mr. Dan Hendrickin uh, today. Oh, what's that? And uh, the Winnipeg Comedy Fest for 2022 is currently open for submissions. I think the cutoff somewhere in November. And one of the themes is death. Shut up. You got <laughs> Their time men. requirements are seven to ten minutes, seven to ten minutes TV friendly on the topic of the death, uh, of death. Um. A little bit of sanitization could make it TV friendly. I don't know. It was just like, this is a little too good to pass up, you know, finding out. So I might try to get it recorded. You should. Uh, now we'll see. Oh, you got it. Nancy, I feel like I might jinx myself by bringing it up. But uh, I don't know. Why not? Wow. It's pretty serendipitous. I gotta say, like, uh, you have a great material out of it. You helped plan a wonderful, like, celebration of life that we did... The next? No, it was it was that same summer. It would have been June or July of twenty twenty, right? Uh, it was or July. was it this past? No, it was July twenty twenty. No concept of time. Uh, None. It was uh, first week of July twenty twenty. Maybe the second week. I just moved into my new apartment. That's right. And uh, yeah, it was uh, nice. It was a nice little ceremony. Went together well. Although you know, I did a live stream for people that couldn't attend uh, the pandemic. People can't travel. Gathering limits. So we did a live stream, and. <laughs> Fucking Facebook deleted the video because of copyright strikes on the music that we were playing. Of course they did. Yeah. Fucking Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Fuck Fucking you, Mark. Zucker, fucker, whatever his name is. 
Should have done yeah. it on Instagram Live. Oh, no, yeah. I think they're yeah, just really. as bad. Oh, YouTube's just, pretty bad, too. Yeah, they're just yeah. bad. And I get it. It's a legal thing. I should have known better. I should have known that that was going to happen. Uh, but it's the principle. Of the it's strange because YouTube actually might be a bit better because they will just... Because I uploaded like a Taylor Swift album reaction video and there's little things you can do to get around the copyright. Like you can play a certain number of seconds and cut it off and then skip to another point in the song. Like like if it doesn't quite recognize the whole song, right. you might not get a strike. But sometimes they'll just mute sections of your video yep. which is Mute a bit better. or demonetize yeah i'm, I'm cool with that yeah whatever in hindsight should have done it on youtube but facebook made the most sense at the time facebook made the most yeah. sense um we have we have segments on the show now mm -hmm. and i still think that we should botch the assumption segment because i'm so bad at it and plus you've known him for a while so yeah you know, i was thinking that on the well, way here here's my assumption i'll tell you what my assumption is even though it's a fucking lame one okay but it, we should just call it lame assumptions. Lame assumptions. That should be the segment. You always like, I'm, this is so lame, but it's actually a good assumption. Don't punch me in the face. Ow. Is, is that you've dated a lot of people. Um, yes. Yes. I'm right. Correct. My assumption is. Because I, there's not many times that you mention a girl's name and you, and you, Follow it with like she's someone I just knew. Like it's always like we dated. <laughs> you dated a lot of people. <laughs> bitches love you. My assumption is bitches love you. <laughs> Interesting. I hadn't. And thank you for bringing that up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be more <laughs> conscious about I that. I think now. that's a compliment. Is that not? That's, uh, well, yeah. I, I appreciate what you said, but I don't know. It's kind of like I hope it don't come off as that guy. No. Uh, you know. Uh, but I only know that because that we've hung out. Like I think I think to people who don't aren't friends with you, right, they, would, okay. they they wouldn't. They wouldn't yeah, assume you're gonna no. it. Look, not a compliment. Like it's nothing I can say at this point to get out of this <laughs> <laughs> at all. No, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> you're right. I've certainly uh, dated a lot of people, um, which I consider myself very fortunate for. Yeah, you should. You know, all things considered, uh, as much of a cesspool as the dating market is, and apps in particular make me want to shoot myself in the fucking face. Yeah. Uh, I've been a little blessed in that regard, which I attribute to my stunning personality. Did you meet a lot of these women online or through other things? Mostly. There have been a couple of women I've dated that I've met in person, but it's almost always online. That's just the way it's done. And, you know, I'm so tired of it. I should bookend everything that we just said about my dating life and that i've consciously taken a big step back from that whole world for the last long time like i'm pretty much like i'm not dating anybody i'm not on any apps i haven't been in a long time oh, okay uh taking a step back just got my own shit to work on you know when's the when's the last person uh, you were seen has been uh we broke up in june we dated from january until june that is that sure yeah shit uh oh i didn't know i know uh i uh that was the longest that I had dated one person um, since Andrea, actually. Oh, shit. And uh, yeah, it just, I wasn't really feeling it. So I ended things with her. And I think a lot of that was just my dissatisfaction with dating in general. And so just kind of hanging on to her, wondering if that was going to be better than not seeing anybody, blah, blah, blah. Right. And uh, then, no, I manned the fuck up and uh, did what had to be done and walked away. And now here we are. Uh, now, and now you're on a... A journey of I'm on being a journey. alone. Now I do mushrooms now, in the woods by myself. Everything's a journey when you're a single person. It's true. It can't just be you're single. 
has no, to be a right. journey. But there has to be some deeper <laughs> philosophical meaning to it. Uh, my deepest philosophical meaning is just that I fucking love being by myself and it's difficult to find somebody that I enjoy sharing that space with. So I'm just going to stop looking. Were for you them. always that way? Yeah, I was an only child. Oh, you know, that parent. makes sense. That would do it. That would do it. I grew up with all my own time and space. So my social batteries are not quite as high as some people. Oh, and uh, I feel <laughs> that <laughs> Sarah has a low yeah. battery. Yeah. So that's why when I uh, disappear from the social scene, whether that be comedy or seeing <sighs> friends or anything for weeks or months at a time, it's because I can do that. I'm very content in my solitude. Uh, that's just how I've always been. You know what? Oh. That's a, that's an awesome thing to have these days when you don't know i feel like i mean i have enough skills to survive in the wilderness by myself but like if the world ended tomorrow i could probably fare pretty okay being alone until i like died of dysentery or something right you know uh well because so many people are so reliant on others yeah don't know how to operate without others um this pandemic has like made people spiral because they had no idea what it was like to be alone with themselves yep absolutely and so for people like you i mean you had to deal with a dead friend yep. <laughs> so it was like here here you go I could. something to deal with but you could that's you the thing i could to, i do uh, remember actually all jokes um, aside about you know how that all went down in the time that i had to spend isolated in the apartment it was something that i was able to handle because that i'm the type of person that can handle being alone used to it i remember when that happened and like it was like a week later i was like do you want to come over to talk because i was just like is richard okay yeah i was like we were all kind of like in this weird state of mind but but like i remember like like we social like you came to drop off the webcam that andrew borrowed and like you stood in the doorway and like we stayed apart yeah i didn't want social distance or whatever um but like it was yeah i was i was worried about you but I got that but that's reassuring to know that like rest assured I kept okay. I kept tabs of everybody that expressed that concern and those who stayed conspicuously absent from oh, my life. Oh shit, did you? Yeah. That's fair. That's a really because we're not all like this is the thing about grief. And I get it. It can it's be selfish. Like, it can be selfish. I feel kind of bad having said that because it makes me sound like some sort of No, no, asshole. no. I don't think you should feel bad at all and because I'm you not. went through a trauma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like yeah, we no. all lost a friend, I, but you uh, went through a trauma because uh, you had to find. I him. guess all I should say about that is that like I did notice people who I expected to hear from that would be reasonable oh. to assume that I didn't, you know, hear anything from, which was a bit shocking and a little bit hurtful. Yeah, I mean, you know, That's I get fair. it. I don't necessarily keep in contact with people, and I've certainly missed big events as well. But it's hard not to notice that sort of thing. You and know? it's hard, like, uh, yeah, that's such a tough thing. When yeah. you, <laughs> ew, that makes me feel sad. Um, <laughs> check it on your fucking friends. Just yeah, check as a general friends. rule. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't even fucking say that out loud because I'm terrible. Again, going back to the solitude thing, like I will lose contact with people for long stretches of time. It happens. It's a regular occurrence. Uh, right. and it's tough to not feel guilty about that sometimes, but also that's just who I am. And I think the people close in my life know that. So dang. Whoo. I just went down many roads, my <laughs> many yeah. emotional roads. Are we getting a little too heavy? Well, can, no, it, it just makes me th- it makes me think of all. <laughs> this is a weird thing. It makes me think of birthdays. Yeah. When it's your birthday, um, um, like one thing that I've noticed about birthdays for me lately, it's like it, they're just less and less sentimental as mm. I get older and as I lose friendships. It it just becomes like you know Facebook messages from yeah. people who 
maybe I'm a friend of them, but like my bar for friendship is so high that like I don't consider them a close friend. Yeah. And then it's like one of the loneliest feelings in the world where you're like, this is my day and I don't have friends. It can be. Um, my, my, my circle of very close friends is quite small, small and it can, it can be easy. Like if I'm in a bad state of mind, if I'm feeling shitty, if I'm feeling depressed, uh, if you know, just stupid, sad brains, uh, it can be easy to twist that into, I don't have any friends. I don't have any friends. You know, oh, I should have more friends. But then eventually you snap out of that state of mind and you realize, no, this is actually perfectly okay. And when my birthday comes around, there's a core group of people that I can count on that will celebrate that with me, whatever that celebration may be. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't have to be, I, I, I inevitably have a wonderful time and it doesn't have to be more than the people that it is. Yep. So. And also I think realizing the silence of people isn't always personal, which yep. that can be a hard I thing. I can be mad about it when that I do the same hard. thing. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. So I'm never, I'll never be the type of person to call somebody out for being like, why don't you talk to me anymore? It's like, well, why the fuck didn't I reach out to you either? Mm -hmm. Dang, son. I yeah, I I think I said something to you recently about I was just like, I don't do friendship well. Oh yeah, you had asked me about somebody, and I was just like, yeah, I don't do friendship well. Uh, And you said, and you said, me too. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, like, what makes you think that you, you don't do friendship well? Is it just the not reaching out thing, not making an effort to, yeah, to make plans? Yeah, I just, uh, more or less all the points I just went over, you know, a lot of keeping it myself. I don't always, not necessarily always going to be the first one to reach out to somebody. And it's uh, easy for me to allow more time than should to pass. Yeah. You know? That's just know. adult life, too, that's I just, think. Yeah, that's a lot of I it. I think being busy. It's a natural consequence of 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 being an adult and getting older people have been joking about this in sitcoms for you know decades you get old (laughs) and lose touch with your friends and here we are isn't it fun here we are doing the exact same thing welcome leave it the fucking beaver over here yeah (laughs) i almost said welcome to beaver it's interesting because you because you talk about about like having that that like like you know you're you're really comfortable with solitude and i'm like the pandemic made me comfortable with salt. Like the pandemic has made me an introvert. You know what? I, think I never thought I'd say those words, but I am. I don't think it made you an introvert. What I think happened to you and quite a number of other people is that you were forced to learn what your tolerance for solitude is. And when you're forced to learn something like that, you adapt because you know that you can handle it. So I wouldn't necessarily say it made you an introvert, it simply allowed you to realize that you can handle however much time without the company of others mm. and you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I can cherish it. It's difficult. And crave it. It's, it's difficult to, to sort of define that threshold in, in normal non pandemic life because you never don't have the option of seeing people if you want to, or being alone. If you want to, you have the choice and for a long time, the choice wasn't available. And so people, we're able to further define what the limits were. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And I've I've also found that like, I rely on alone time more so now to charge me up versus hanging out with others. I like to think that like, I mean that again. I'm still a people person. It's also a consequence of getting older. Sometimes oh, you just want to lay on your yeah. fucking couch and let your feet stop swelling. Am I an introvert or am I just old? <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just old. Exactly. I think I'm just old and not t- and damn, not sleeping man. enough. <laughs> Fuck. That could be it. 
Oh, the things that hurt when I wake up for no reason. I know. And like I fucked my ankle up in August. Um just oh, after you? well, a lot of people don't know about this because it happened just a couple of days after I deleted all my social media. So I went mm. off social media for like six weeks. Um, which was great. It was wonderful. I fucking recommend it to anybody. I felt so good. Um different if you need to maintain a brand. I get it. It's not feasible for everyone, but if you can just stop looking at your Social media for six weeks, do it. Uh, anyway, a couple of days into that, I was at work, and it's not even a good story. It's not even tra- something that tra- I can manipulate into making oh. me look in any way cool. <laughs> I literally hopped off a deck 18 inches off the ground, landed on some uneven terrain, and almost broke my ankle. That was that was it. I was on my ass. This was like one hour into an eight hour shoot day. Oh my God. And I was laying on my back with a bag of ice on my ankle for the next seven hours. And this happened in Picto. I had to drive back to Halifax. Oh, no. And then I made the stupid choice of going to the Cobequid instead of the QE2. And they were fucking backed up. And like there was no I had to hobble out of my car in the parking lot on one mm. foot all the way into the door. It was such a mess. Anyway, yeah, fucked my ankle up real bad. Reminds uh, me of when I fell roller skating. Same thing. Still hurts. Stupid idea. This happened in the middle of August, and it's still causing me grief. Oh. Uh, it's just like getting old, man. You don't, I'm not 20 anymore. Big injuries take a long time to heal now, and that's just the reality of the rest of your life. <sighs> Fuck. That's. We old as shit. Yeah, we're getting there, right? Um, yeah, it reminds me of when I, when I fell roller skating. Mm. I literally just stopped. I was roller skating. Lapping around the commons, stopped to take a selfie with somebody, my friend that I was with, and fell. Just lost my balance. I, I wasn't even moving on the wheels when I fell. I was standing still and just like I did this, like the cartoon, like, you know, that, when you go back. That would happen to you, though. You would just be standing still and not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's very on brand for you. I ate shit on rollerblades last time I was on rollerblades. They're Trying not to cross easy. the street, I fucking fell in like traffic, uh, <laughs> crosswalk. Uh, you, you get up to get on your feet. <laughs> go back again. It's so dramatic. The driver in the first car facing me was just howling, laughing. Fuck, I it looked hurts. ridiculous. Now, thankfully, I was also like 23 when that happened, so nothing more than a bruised ego, really. Do you care about age? Like when someone like do you get offended when people ask your age? How old are you? Thirty-eight. Like I I think with this a lot, and like I'm also trying to write a joke about how it's like every single time I turn a new age, it just becomes my like identity. Because I don't think mm. I I don't remember the last time that I was an age where I wasn't like I'm twenty-two. Yeah. I'm twenty-three. Like like. Well, this is also this is also like the way culture is marketed to women yeah. in, in our society too. Age is never portrayed as such a big deal with guys, except for the fact that you get hurt and it takes a little longer to heal. You wake up with the sore back. Oh, my knees are bad. That's getting old. Yuck, yuck, yuck. But women, it's like, you're 30 now. This is a big fucking deal. You need to start using moisturizer and you need to start doing this. Oh, nobody's gonna like you, you oh it starts much older than that. <laughs> Oh, you're almost I would 40. say it starts around 25. I think the it starts the, the anti-aging like the anti-aging specifically sure, but my point is like society as a whole makes a way bigger deal about a person's age for women than they do for men. Yeah. You know, uh 
so that's certainly not an uncommon story. That's disgusting. Good friend of mine. I still don't know how old she is because she refuses to tell her friends. Right. And it's just an interesting thing because I go. Just think about like, oh, it's rude to ask a woman her age. Because there's two sides of it, right? Why do I need to know? Why does it matter? But also, why not? Well, there's just a lot like of the marriage debate, remember? Our marriage debate? Yeah. There's a you lot of I... reason age could matter, man. I mean, if I meet somebody who I know is the same age as me, I can be pretty guaranteed we live through the same experiences. We probably have similar tastes in pop culture. We likely, although may not like things from our respective childhoods, i.e. I never listened to Blink-182, but like, right. goddamn, if I don't know a shitload of Blink-182 songs because I grew up in the 90s. Right. You know? Uh Stuff like that versus like finding out somebody's 10 years younger than me. Well, okay, there's a lot of shit that the two of us probably don't have in common. That's right. It provides context. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's that, the best way to describe it. And that's it. why, it, like, like, knowing somebody's age provides a lot of context to who this person is. It does. It does. Yeah. Especially when I find it's always very bizarre when I find, when I think someone's in their 30s and they're not. Cause I go, Oh, you're gonna have you're gonna be fine. Like, because I'm like, if, if you're if you're that because yeah. I was not like I mean I would say thirty like thirty is when I started intoxicated. Thirty is really when really? I've found who I was. But like, kids these days, I can't believe I just said that. Kids these days are finding themselves and being self aware much earlier, and that's crazy to me. Uh, I think that's a byproduct of the internet age. Honestly, I think it's a good thing. Do you think it's a good thing? I. Do Ooh, yeah, this is a weird yes subject. and no. I think it's a good thing because access to information is a good thing. Yeah. Uh where it becomes more of a gray area for me is that like there's a lot of shit that kids just aren't equipped to deal with. And we've never had to as a society deal with kids learning about shit as young as they do because the internet's such a new invention. Um the access to information is not necessarily a great thing for a large segment of our population whose brains are literally not done developing right. yet. You know, it's information overload. There's so much shit out there that anybody can access the key, a stroke of a key, regardless of whether or not they're mentally prepared to, to mm-hmm. have access to that kind of information. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because obviously you don't want to gatekeep who can access like that's real. Mm, like that's what I mean. This is kind of this yeah. kind of gray area, right? Like that's kind of a shitty thing. You don't want to bar entry to information to people based on arbitrary yeah. uh, metrics. But like eight-year-olds shouldn't be watching hardcore gangbang porn. <laughs> no. Right? That's fucked up. Five-year-olds shouldn't have iPads. Five-year-olds shouldn't be exposed to like crazy right-wing extremism. Do you think it's making people more ADHD because of all the shit? Maybe. I don't know. I, I think there's some compelling, I believe. I don't know. You know what? To be honest, it's not really a topic that I've looked that much into. I think there's some compelling evidence to say yes, but yeah. don't quote me on that. But um, also just the fact that like, yes, yeah, social media has a lot of positives. Uh, uh, it can create community. It can teach people things. But then there's the whole side of like, holy fuck. Can you imagine our childhood being on Instagram? Oh my God. Or like our videos that we made when we were like stupid kids being on YouTube. Look, I went through a period of time from age 13 to 14 where I seriously contemplated killing myself. And I'm confident that if that experience happened now, I would be dead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't even imagine having to be a part of the echo chamber of your teenage years in an online sphere. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. The comments, the hate comments, no the negative comments, the, the cyberbullying, com- the comparison factor. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was even bad for us. Yeah. Growing up seeing Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, the low rise jeans, the, the belly, the super Fucking skinny pop stars. The razor eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we, we grew up with, me- I think it was mostly like, I would say like the media and magazines and yeah. like, oh, fashion magazines. that was the thing. But like, okay, Much we still have TV. that now, but now we have Instagram. Yeah. But now it's, everything's, everything's right there, man. You can find anything you want. It's yeah. crazy. I, I have... This is such. This is such a weird time to be alive. Dude, it's so fucking strange. It's just, uh, yeah. And I, know, I need to pitch you my idea for a TV show. Yeah. Uh, East Link or Bell, you know, hit me up. Uh, I want to make this happen somehow. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll pitch it to your sister's company. Oh my god, I should. Have I told you about this idea yet? What's your sister's uh, company. It's called Canadian Content Studios. I've. Oh wait, is that how they're? That's the John. That's John. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Jonathan, yeah. Right. Yeah. And they just shot a TV with Nathan McIntosh. Oh wow! Oh cool! These guys are popping up all over the place. I they never are. heard of them before six months ago when Alex started doing work for them. Yeah. And uh, and then she left our company to go work for them. And oh, fucking Volley shows up on TV. Yeah. Name dropping everywhere. Sarah yeah, was a PA on Volley. Yeah, yeah, I know. We had to talk. Yeah, we had to talk about it. I want to do a reality show, and I'm just saying I'd be a great host for it because I can relate to the contestants, uh, and I would be funny and entertaining. Um, so a reality show based here in Nova Scotia, or anywhere in Canada, where we take social media addicted influencers okay. and put them in the woods without internet or devices. Bring some body bags. Reality TV gold! <laughs> That'd be something, here's, man. Here's the name. I thought about the name. You don't want to go like uh, unplugged or off the grid or mm-hmm. it, it would just be uh, without a screen or screenless. <laughs> something screenless. like super literal. <laughs> or like, I don't know. It, it would be something like that. But like we would teach them how to like connect with nature, how to like, like, like actually talk to a person one-on-one you might maybe maybe if you're super lucky one person out of the entire group will stick it out to the end this is why it would be a great reality show but we yeah. gotta have some sort of hot cash prize or something yeah. or maybe like the prize is just like you can return to your influencer life where you can make lo- way your more money than this tv go. show will ever make <laughs> yeah I still really want to make that happen. What do you think, Sarah? Is that a good idea for a shot? I love that idea. I like without a screen. Without a screen. <laughs> That's good. You can or get that real dramatic also screenless screen. is pretty good. Screenless. Yeah. Unplugged. Tonight on TLC. Low battery. Uh, yeah, there's there's Low a, a battery. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of ways we could go with it. But like you're good. Yeah, you've taken breaks from social media. You've gone, mm. I'm I'm Fold done. Up. If you want to contact me, get my number, bitch. Which is a great thing to do because I don't have a lot of numbers in my phone. I don't even have your phone number. Man, I am shocked at the amount of people that I only engage in with through Instagram and like, or Facebook chat. Hey, I've been talking to you for over two years and I don't have your phone number. That's when we live in the same city. (laughs) And there was a time where text, like phone text, was like a thing, a big thing that we would do. 
And then group chats, like Facebook Messenger really kicked off. Yeah. And yeah, it's now it's like, I really don't have a lot of people's phone numbers and I don't text a lot. I only text for like immediate things or work. I actually have like a couple of hundred phone numbers in my phone book, but I also never delete phone numbers. Um, Oh, fascinating. They just live there with the exception of like, some people, just, I'd never want to be thinking of you again. You're getting deleted. Yeah. Uh, but generally speaking, if I just, you know, come across somebody's number in whatever circumstance, I'd rarely ever delete it out of my phone. It's never a thing I did. Mm. So I've accumulated quite a few. And uh, every You're now a phone and then, number hoarder. <laughs> I'm a phone number hoarder. And then like every now and then, I still infrequently use Snapchat. I used to use Snapchat a lot. Um, I hate this fucking app. uh, What are we talking about now? (laughs) I'm not really a fan of Snapchat, but I still use it a little bit. There's a couple of people I still uh, keep in contact with through it. And Snapchat has a feature that syncs to your contact list, right? Yeah. If somebody's registered with their number in Snapchat, you'll have access, be able to add them as a friend. Um, But because some of the numbers I have are so old, they've changed hands. So every now and then I'll go look (laughs) at my Snapchat contact list and it'll be the most fucking like weird. Obviously a sex scammer has this account. (laughs) (laughs) Bill, what are you doing? (laughs) But no, obviously that's that's definitely not Bill anymore. It's so weird to me when people say like to me, Snapchat was always a sexting thing. It was never anything else. That was primarily what I used it for back when I was using it. Same. A lot. But that was like, I should clarify. So if we're going back to the dating conversation a little bit, one of the reasons, one of the things that I should really point out about that whole, like, yeah, I've dated a bunch of women. Um, I got back into the dating pool after ending a 10-year relationship. Right. Where the sex was bad and infrequent and the emotional connection between us had been gone for a long time. So it was so, comfort. No, no. At first, a lot of what I had said applies mainly to the first few years that I was um, kind of out there because, uh, you know, my ex and I started dating pretty young. We were both 21. Actually, she's a couple years older than me. So like I was 21. She was 23. We were together for 10 years and I didn't have a lot of dating experience prior to her. And then things ended very badly. And so I just felt like I had a lot of time to make up for Oh yeah, I and think so a like, lot of people I just crushed the apps for the next like two years. Yeah, uh, I am comfortable enough now to like firmly call it my whore phase, uh, in a very like safe and respectful yes. manner. I wasn't slutty doing anything. Just a basic slutty phase. I feel like most people have get it. tested a few times a year, make sure everything's good, always use yeah. protection, don't do anything stupid. It's fine. It's fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. No regrets. The last few years have been very different very much like i'm done with that yeah <clears throat> i've never had a slutty phase so during that phase is when i was using snapchat uh, i was also using on oka uh, uh, working on uh, the curse of oak island at the time yeah. so uh that was an easy way to send disposable pictures of things that i'd signed ndas and couldn't be sending people oh right? yeah fair so yeah that got a lot of use and uh then I just sort of stopped using it. I don't know. Moved over to Instagram. Yeah, and same. Now that's same my me. primary. Now I just post memes on Instagram six times a day. Rally. That's funny. No, You're too don't rattly. Take don't take it. Oh. It's too rattly. <laughs> too rattly. Snapchat. I used to be huge I can't on believe Snapchat. I didn't bust this out once while we were talking about Andrew. <laughs> I know, right? We should like... Oh, is there a way could... Oh, damn it. I was like, if there was a hole inside of him, I could like... Hey. Oh, is there not? Oh, that could work, huh? Oh, shit. 
shit. Oh, shit. Let's get it on That's just little, Richard for a second. It's a little too close to my face, I think. But there we go. <laughs> hey, nice to see you, buddy. Amazing. I can turn this into like some sort of weird, shitty uh, ventriloquist act. I can't, I can't control my voice. So. <laughs> That's perfect. Hey, I'm disembodied school. Wait, I'm fucking terrible at this. <laughs> Wait, you do it. Do your best, Vaughn. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm terrible at impressions. I won't even embarrass myself by trying. <laughs> I am too. No. Yeah, it's pretty bad. No, I learned that one the hard way. Uh, everyone seems to have had a, a slutty phase, and I haven't. And I feel like I don't know, man. I'm I going for I... forty. Let's let's try to get one in before forty, Sarah. I wouldn't if necessarily we can do it. say. I wouldn't necessarily say that everybody's had one. Um, I think a lot of people say that though. Yeah, maybe, but it also... Not, it's not necessary. It's not necessary, and I think it's very much a personal distinction as to what qualifies as that. Look, I'm not trying to sound like some fucking lady-killing Casanova or anything like that. That's not the case. The we have a title, people. The, the experiences... <laughs> Lady killing Casanova with no. Richard Allen. No, please, God, no. <laughs> no, it's Dead Friend Club. A dead Friend Club. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, dead Friend it. Club. Yeah, oh, right. There was that girl at Gus's. Oh, yeah. That's, I remember that, that phrase came up, Dead Friend Club, and then I fist bumped it. Because people, because people frequently say the Dead Dad Club or the da- Dead Mom Club is very much so a thing. Because when you meet that. another person whose parent has died, it's because that's a whole other level of grief and death that like would be a whole other thing and i imagine uh people would connect over that Mm. with friends it's a it's a strange thing when a friend dies man i should have gotten that girl's number (laughs) (laughs) she was so cute we really connected over our mutual dead friends i feel like she was young really young maybe but again going back to age until you know it's it doesn't matter who the fuck knows i'm done trying to she was old enough to be in a bar so old enough to be in a bar you know she ended up being 20 then i'd shamefully pass but you know can't win if you don't play shit we have a new segment we gotta do the new segment sarah yeah um it's what's wrong with you oh before we get to that um, oh yeah i want to circle back to your uh slutty phase thing it, oh yeah where i was going with that is that like the experiences i had some people would consider nothing right like a slutty face of them is hundreds of people oh you know and ridiculous things uh so everybody defines that sort of thing separately i don't know your sexual history i don't necessarily <gasps> actually I, I know when my slave phase was now that i think about it because it probably would have been when i was trying to be like experimental right with sub stuff and I had hooked up with I don't know if you would have been oh bleep this Sarah if you can remember bleep anyone know what if not whatever you live in Bridgewater now I wish you well uh, I hooked up with this guy named oh, he, that would have been before you had came, come around I think yeah. this is so dark and like that's fine maybe trigger warning if you don't want to hear about bruises and stuff but like we were having like rough sex yeah. and like bruise worthy sex and like you guys were seeing each other for a while, right? No, no? we never dated. Oh. We're only hooking up because I haven't dated. I haven't right. had a boyfriend. But you for two 10 were years. hooking up for a while, right? So I think uh, like, you and him were banging when Andrea and I were seeing each other. I believe it might have been. Uh, it very well might have been around that time. I never met the guy, time. but you know, I was hearing stories. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then he got involved with the roommate I had after Andrea. Oh no shit! Which was a whole other thing because I was just wow, like, wow, that's a piece I, of shit. I, I you know. Both of them. Yeah, I also have a tendency to have ex roommates who've dated comics. 
It's just very strange because I'm like, why can't I do it? Um, but that goes to show that sometimes you're an unaware late 20s person who is like, this is, ooh, we're into BDSM. We're so edgy. And it's like deep down, it's like, oh, not healthy. Not good. I definitely know some people that are into that uh for unhealthy reasons for yep. for uh they think they deserve it for some yeah deep deep down it's like or because of like traumatic events and like specifically sexually traumatic events yeah um that make them more uh inclined to engage in that sort of behavior yeah uh and it's unfortunate um I, I was back then that. back then it was like I was just under uh, under the understanding of like Oh, the sub gives up all control and we don't have any control. How fun is that? Yeah, man, and then like, you know, later in life I realized, oh no, terrible. being a sub is actually like way more powerful than yeah, I thought it was back then. In any sort of reasonably respectful uh, encounter in that regard, you pretty much got all the power. You know, the person you're with is being awfully shitty if they don't stop when you say stop. Oh, there's a lot of bad doms out there. I bad know. people I've who think they're doms. I've heard so many of these stories. Yeah. It's embarrassing. And it's actually, you know what? Let's get too personal. Uh, I have specifically avoided getting involved in that scene because of the bad stories I've heard and who I've heard them about. And so that's it. totally fair. Yep. That's totally fair. And that is definitely something that if I were to talk to, say, a girl in her 20s, even now, even with the times that they are now, I would just like highly advise against it until and, and until you really understand what that dynamic is yeah, and your boundaries. Exactly. Damn, read some fucking books. You want okay? Read some books. You want some dude to slap you around in bed? Fine, you're gonna have an easy time finding somebody willing to do that. Read some books first. Just have an idea of what you're getting into. Know what you know the rules should be and rules. kick anybody to the curb who gives even a whiff of not being able to follow those rules. I'd also, if you can do it with someone that you trust a lot, yeah. that would be great. Exactly. Like maybe someone you, you know a bit better than like I had, I had that situation. That was like my first foray into it. Just gonna grab oh yeah, go beer. get it. And that was like, he, he, oh, it's in the fridge. Oh, actually, I think I know specifically where it is in the fridge. <laughs> it's, it's. It should be like wedged in between Chinese food takeout. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying these words. And an old bologna sandwich. <laughs> All right, but, back to kinky sex. Oh yeah, but the, yeah, the first one was he he slapped me in the face without me knowing, <laughs> and uh, and my first reaction was shock. But then ooh, <laughs> and so that's when I was like, oh, maybe I'd like an aspect of this. But like, obviously it was very unhealthy. And like, you, you ask a person before you hit them across the face. Ask a person before you hit them across You know, the face. it's just the decent thing well, to really do. Anything. It's just the decent thing to do. Discuss your boundaries and stick to them. Boundaries are important. Boundaries are important. In the bedroom and in friendships and relationships and life. And... I feel like I give off Maps. enough of a boundary respecting vibe during dates that that's why I've been able to be so lucky with my dating life. Oh, just very like. Hey, man, take note. The bar is not that high. You can do real good if you treat her like a human being. The bar is in hell. 
Yeah. <laughs> it truly is. If this piece of shit can get laid, so can you. <laughs> you're not a piece of shit. Is like a relationship something that you, you said you're not really trying, but is it something you want right now? Or are you just very content? Like Wants a strong word. I am open to the idea if I were to meet the right person. There. I am, however, not convinced that that's going to happen. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> there have been a couple of instances uh, where I thought I had. Turned out I was wrong. Mm. Um, and it's kind of demotivating. Those moments are few and far between. And to have your shit shattered like that can be emotionally difficult to deal with. Uh, the last one, big one. <laughs> It's kind of shitty because the last woman that I dated, like I said, who was for the longest time that I had in a long time, I just really didn't feel that even from the start. The person before her, I fell hard for like, mm. in a way that I hadn't uh, in a very long time. And, uh, and it didn't work out. And uh, it was kind of a step back. Was uh, there a reason why? Oh, entirely her shit. Uh, it's it's long. And okay, so like it, it wasn't like material. it wasn't like a big blow up or no no it wasn't some crazy fight or anything like that. It was a lot of uh, it was not to rehash an old topic. The first okay, it was the first person that I had kind of developed any sort of emotional intimacy with immediately following Andrew's passing. Mm. So it was literally like three months after we'd been friends for a number of years. Oh okay. We just happened to, for the first time in the duration of our friendship, have a couple of solo one-on-one sort of dinner hangouts, and that was it. Uh, just she said all the things that I think subconsciously maybe she knew I wanted to hear. Right. And uh, that's all it took. And then it just spiraled out for a couple of months. It was I pro- realized that we were not on the same page at all, and I was like, I'm done. I can't Oh, do this. same page. Whenever people say this, we weren't on the same page, it's something these people who date say all the time. And I'm like, what do they mean by that? What's the page? Is it, is it, uh, <laughs> what page is this? What page what, should I be what's on? What's this I book that I haven't seen in 10 fucking years since was, I was 25? I was ridiculously infatuated with this woman and she just wanted to bang. That's all she was getting out of it. You know what? I've been hearing this more and more lately. No. I think that like, typically speaking, people tend to think that it's men who just want to fuck. And the more I hear about like these kind of dynamics with people, it's it's the fucking guy who wants more, and girls are like very much so embracing like could be just hooking up lately. Could be if I were to offer, not necessarily a counterpoint to that, but maybe uh, a train of thought on it is you're also we all are as we've discussed getting older, and <gasps> so <laughs> the dynamics of the dating scene sort of shift a little bit. Yeah. You know, as you get older, women, you know what? Forget I said anything. I can't even. No, I, no, I like no, that. I'm sort, of, that. I'm sort of losing my train of thought on it and I'm afraid that shit's not going to come out the way I want it to. So I'm just, I'm hitting <laughs> the eject thing. button on that Hey, hole. listen, being self-aware about, about the train going off the tracks is a great thing yeah, to no. be. <laughs> I'm hitting the eject button on that one. Eject abort. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll go back to it a little bit later yeah, if I collect I mean, my yeah, thoughts definitely. a little. But uh, um, yeah, I think that's just uh, a getting older thing. Men's and women's priorities shifting differently as they stage. And it life. could be that women, that being empowered as a woman maybe takes a bit longer. Because uh, I have this whole theory that like we're 
guys don't get marketed self-help books like we do <laughs> you know what i mean like Not we're constantly being being uh that said i did bring that up on a podcast last year and i got called out big time for it by the guest the guest straight up was like no that's bullshit men work on themselves too you just don't see as much women are just way more open about working on themselves women are way more open about working on themselves and and men are probably doing it but they're probably just don't feel comfortable sharing it as much as women do which that makes sense maybe um which leads me to the segment Ooh. Yes. Because I'm we've talked about suicides. We talked about suicides enough. Um <laughs> but this is the what's wrong with you segment. So Oh. What's wrong with you? What are you insecure about? What's kind of an issue that you're tackling right now with yourself? Do you point up a note? Oh, okay, I thought you were gonna pull up like a, a list, a list of items. He's like, "Where do I start?" Um, no, there is one specific thing. Oh, that I wanted your... to bring up a little bit later. I just wanted to remember how to pronounce the word. Oh, sweet. Oh, sweet. <laughs> uh, in general, though, um, yeah, like my own physical uh, health, body image, things like that. Um, I've started to take a little more seriously in the last year compared to generally the rest of my entire life before that. Um, throw me a, a question of some sort. I'm oh, sort of like what? Here. What do you mean by that? Like, okay, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, classic podcaster. <laughs> what you elaborate? Sorry, you're, a great, you're a great interview. <laughs> Please elaborate yeah, no. on that. <laughs> that shit's on me. I was pausing for dramatic effect because I thought you were getting emotional. <laughs> I don't drink much these days. No, I'm not getting emotional over it. Well, well, um, I, body I image actually... issues have been a large part of my life for a long time. But I've been going to the gym pretty regularly. I've been trying to get my eating under control. I've been losing weight, trying to take better mm. care of myself. Um, but like there is, I see this opinion gets shared less and less these days and people are certainly a lot more willing to call this out on it. But like there's a, a lot of times overlooked how many body issue images men can have. Yes. Right. Uh, everybody knows the classic trope of the woman hating her body. Do these pants men being a little fat? Blah, 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 blah. Weight, skin, hair. Yeah. We, have to, we have to be perfect. All these aspects. Yeah. Exactly. But like dudes get that too. You know, yeah. we're marketed He-Man dolls from the time we can even play with dolls. Right. Like the things that your women are given pink ballerinas and men are given like shirtless superheroes with yeah. bodybuilder physiques and mm. a perfect head of hair and perfect teeth perfect skin mm -hmm. everybody loves them right and, and so there's a lot of overlap i think in this particular fear uh sphere between the genders um when that's not to say that people don't recognize the fact that men have body image issues they certainly do uh but you certainly hear more of it about women you hear more and it's more there's more <clears throat> sympathy and more sympathy with women too. i think towards women yeah absolutely the fairer sex you mm -hmm. know? um but no, uh, men deal with that shit too. I know I do. I've been trying to work on it. That's part of. Because that's an interesting thing that you're saying that. Because like you and I, I mean, like we, we've known each other. This is, I should have brought this up at the beginning of the podcast, but like you and I met before I even got into the comedy scene. We met. In I didn't even know you were a comic when I met you. 2015. We met in October 2015. That's when Andrea and I started dating. I think I met you on like. Our second or third date, she'd brought me over here. Yeah. No, it was a Halloween party, which was our third Oh, date. shit. That's yeah. right. Was I a hot dog that year? Yeah. Yeah. I was BoJack Horseman. 
It's great. It's the one of my favorite costumes. Unfortunately, all the pictures I have of me right. in it have the Andrea. Horse head. In it, I so remember having the, the horse head in the apartment. Yeah, um, and I mean, obviously, I got to know you a lot more in the years that I got into the comedy scene yeah. and met Andrew and met those guys. Like, I didn't know you that well when you dated Andrea, other than you were dating. No, we really just hung out roommate. through your roommate. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. But what I've noticed, especially since Andrew's passing. Is that you seem like a warmer person now. And I don't know if I'm at all right in saying that. Um, and I don't know if that's an inner happiness thing that maybe is, has come out since his death. Yeah. Because fuck little... that guy, right? No. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. A large part of that is my own very nihilistic views on life. Oh, shit. Nihilistic. Um. Look. What do you mean by nihilistic? The I universe don't actually... doesn't give a fuck about you or me or this podcast or anybody on this tiny speck of dirt flying through the universe. Okay. True. We're all going to fucking die. It's going to happen. And Literally. it can happen anytime. Yes. So why be mad about things? Love that. But you seem like you seem nicer. Is that a weird thing for me to say? Like a nicer, like, or more. I don't know. You always seem very even keel to me. Very. I got that a lot. Even, but like you seem more expressive now, and I don't know. It's more often phrased as "you're very is. hard to read." That's which what, is what you want to hear from. But you're easier to read the now. Person you're dating. So what's happened? I don't know. I, I wish I could answer that question. Um, Maybe it is just. I think. Uh, well, I mean, no. I would say, generally speaking, uh, things are just kind of. In a better place, yeah. Sort of, almost. Uh, Seems that way. Not, not in any specific regard. It's not like my life is better because my best friend died. That's no, yeah, ridiculous. That's not. Yeah, it's not really where we're going with it. But, but it like, does make you realize what kind of it, it helps you realize the value of you know relationships with yes. other people. And there's no yeah. point getting bent out of shape about stuff. You might as well just yeah. be nice to people. Hey, I still get in pissy moods, and I still yeah. go through intense mental gymnastics on various ways to inflict yeah. things on people. Uh, but I don't know. I guess I'm coming across nicer. That's something good to know. Well, uh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not wording it right, but just more like, like warm is the word that comes to mind. Yeah. I'm warm. I'm turning into a warm, you're a warm, warm old guy. You're warm and cozy now. Um, warm and cozy. I think that there's something like to be said bear. for like experiencing a trauma like that, like losing your roommate, mm. us losing a friend. Um, that when you go through, <laughs> you had a bad fucking day. It's a bad day. Arguably one of the worst days you'll ever have. It's a bad day. Um, uh, that's the other thing, too. Like, that was probably the worst day of my life. And so, like, that's another spin and on it where you go, got through what it. else can that's happen? Fine. What else can happen? What else can happen that would be at all like, worse than what that was? I know the things that can happen and eventually will that are going to be worse than that. And I'm a hell of a lot more prepared for it now than I was before. Ding, 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 so, ding, ding. And I think that's what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, um, do guys do you do the cheesy things that women do for body image confidence, like self talk and telling yourself that you're beautiful and you deserve to be loved every day? <laughs> no, I'm usually poking and prodding various parts, calling myself a fucking fat ass. It's me too. <laughs> same though, same, same. Occasional like ughs of disgust. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's this thing like Sarah and I talked about like body acceptance where it's like you don't have to love your body, but learning to accept it and respect it is kind of kind of the thing where it's like 
I don't like this right now, but I'm going to try to treat it good so that one day it'll be a hotter body. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. It's, it's baby steps. It's baby all about steps. Any sort of big change you want to make, even if it's something like body composition, it's all about the little steps building up over time. Habits. And part of that is just accepting that what you are right this second is not necessarily, maybe it's going to be what you are tomorrow. It's not necessarily going to be the same way 30 tomorrows from now. Mm. You know, uh, everything takes time. Mm-hmm. And you're 100% right about the whole men's issues get overlooked here. And I think women tend to minimize them too. We're like, what do guys have? Their height and their hair and their penis size. Mm." Like, and we get really like sassy about it. And we're like, look at all the things we have to deal with compared to them. And it's like, no, like they also have to deal with whether they're fit or not, whether they're overweight or not. Like there's all these things too. Got no chin, can't shave the beard off. Was that? Said got no chin, can't shave the beard off. Oh my god! Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. All sorts of shit we have to deal with as men. Yeah. Just not to say that we have it necessarily worse or easier, but everybody's got their shit. Everyone doesn't got matter. Their doesn't shit. matter what you think the power dynamic is. Everybody's got their shit. I don't like toxic positivity. That fucking kills me, man. I. Uh, I'm not I a fan of that. Life is not. <laughs> chocolates and roses no you know be positive wake up and things. say it's gonna be a great yeah. day no. be positive about things be fucking realistic about things more importantly don't don't like pretend a bad situation isn't bad just because you're saying it's not bad like yeah no you can you <laughs> all the positive affirmations in the world don't mean shit if you're still drinking yourself to sleep six nights a week because you can't deal with the emotional stress of whatever's going on fucking true like yeah. Man, I mean, thought that. Do you have a Do you have a vice that you? <laughs> do you have a coping tool oh, that you turn to? Weed and video games, <laughs> for sure. Very stereotypical guy. That is very stereotypical, but In I love way. it. Weed and video lo- games. Is the video game thing? Do you play a lot? I go through binges. Yeah, that's my thing. Um, I will go for weeks at a time without touching. I, any games I play are primarily on Steam, on PC. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I'll go for weeks at a time without even opening the Steam app. And then I will go for weeks at a time, dumping every fucking hour that I'm not in bed or at work doing it. Uh, yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I can't, I've been struggling for years to figure it out if there's some sort of specific trigger to it or if it's just... I don't know, is it stress? Is it because I'm bored? Is it what? I can't figure it out. All I know is that eventually I'll be fine, and then one day I'll be like, I'm going to play the fuck out of this game with every single spare minute of free time for the next three weeks. Well, it's probably giving you the little bursts of serotonin that you need. Do you find that you do it when you're like feeling down? Or like maybe trying to probably. escape something? Yeah, maybe. So like those little bursts I'm a bit of, of serotonin. Procrastinator. <laughs> I think what happens is that I'm a bit of a procrastinator. And so like... A bit. Oh, I'm a huge procrastinator. I feel like no one's a bit of a procrastinator. A you either are full blown or you're not. I'm 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 in, embarrassed at how much of a procrastinator I am. But sometimes if I turn to playing a game to put off doing something else, a lot of the times that won't lead to anything bigger. Maybe it gets tasked done afterwards. But I think sometimes that just starts that serotonin that you're talking about, and then the sort of trying to delay this one thing just makes it. I, I just got to play this game. Just got to yeah. play this game for the next three days. Right. Uh, taking a day off work, and I'm just going to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, not leaving my apartment. Maybe I'll take the garbage out. 
Right. Hyperfocus is That's about it. Fucking Yeah, real. hyperfocus would be a very that's, positive spin on it. That's, that's a good way I, of putting it. The hyperfocus thing is because yeah. I'm on I'm on a journey. <laughs> I'm just gonna say yeah, journey yeah. like that every time with getting diagnosed for ADHD. And that's one of the things with ADHD where it's like, no, ADHD people can accomplish things. Are those things the practical things they need to accomplish? Probably not. I mean, Can Sarah edit a two-hour video in a night and really buckle down and get her done? Yeah. Hell yeah, she can. Can I take the garbage out? No. <laughs> no, she can't. <laughs> I tend to overlook a lot of the minor tasks in my apartment, too. Um, oh, dude. My my apartment is a bachelor, though, which is kind of a or studio, studio, bachelor, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a double-edged sword because there's not a lot of space, so it gets messy and cluttered fast. I'm a, I've always been a right. cluttered person. I still am to this Me day too. a cluttered person. Yeah. Um, but because there's not much space, it cleans up really fast too. Right. So it's helped. It's sort of forced me to stay on top of keeping the housework done. Kind of nice. Excuse me. Because it just, it gets out of hand so fast. It really does. Um, but again, it also cleans up really fast. Challenges. So it's never a big deal. Challenges. Messy People Club. I, <laughs> Dead Front and Messy People Dead Club. Dead Front and Messy People. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. The other thing on a more visceral level. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't, it's not something I ever have to reference very often, so I forget the name. Oh. Um, trichotillomania. Oh, I know exactly what this yeah. is. It's, uh, yeah. So that right there. See how thin Picking hair out? All that shit is. That's because I, I'm a really bad hair puller. Uh, not the fun, sexy hair pulling, but like and if, the self destructive pull hair, hair, hair Yeah, I know. And the only reason I don't is because I don't. Um, you're like, you're going to pick things that aren't there. Started it with eyebrows when I was a teenager. No way. Yep. Is that and a stress response? Probably. Stress, boredom. Uh, I pluck my eyebrows and my eyelashes. A few things. Eyelashes really? I never got into. Uh, for me, it was always the eyebrows as a, as a, it started when I was about 12. Oh, that's young. And uh, lip chewing also. Oh, um, I pick up my skin, which is not good for your skin. Mm. But I yeah. feel that though. So this was the thing that I struggled with for a long time after growing a beard, but I managed to generally keep it under control. Uh-huh. And this is one. Okay, so as a, we'll call it a disorder because that's what it is, I guess. Uh, it is on the OCD spectrum, but it is not exactly OCD. It shares a lot of similarities in that it is a compulsive disorder. Uh, so that gets me kind of pissed off when people talk about how they're so fucking OCD because their lines have to be straight. Go fuck <laughs> yourself. You have no idea what you're talking about. I do know people with actual clinically diagnosed OCD that have some very self-destructive. Yeah. And like, a- as a point of principle, it upsets me when people misuse that term, you know, because I've yes. seen firsthand the shit that these people go through as a result of their disorder. And to a very minor extent, I get what it's like to actually be compulsed to do something, uh-huh. you know? Um, yeah. But I had it under control for a long time. And then this was the one, if like there was a big, other than putting on like 25 pounds, because uh, I wasn't leaving the house and smoking weed. Um, after Andrew died, it got really out of hand and I super fucked all the hair follicles up down here. Like this is as long as it'll grow in now. It won't. I've been trying for months. Oh, God. The hair's super thin. Um, shit yeah and this also ties in back to body image issues you know this is actually something I can't shave the beard off I look bad without a beard um, but like this is something that I'm always self-conscious of I did it I to never myself. noticed 
and I see pictures sometimes and I realize like, dude, this is all in your fucking head. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's obviously, uh, it literally doesn't grow in very long anymore. I obviously did some actual damage, but at the same time, sometimes it's nice to be able to take a step back and realize like, this is actually a you thing. Nobody else is. No one else will notice those little things about ourselves. Yeah. That we do. But I didn't, I still do it. It's such a, I just can't. Dang. It's the thing about compulsions. You can't, you can't stop. You can't. Oh you know? my God, I feel uh, that. I try to when I, if I, if, if I have to do it now, I try to focus on areas that are less already damaged. Do you feel better when you do it? Oh yeah. It's like a self-soothing thing. Absolutely. And stress. Uh, yep. Definitely. So yeah. that's what's wrong with me. That's fascinating yeah. <laughs> your trauma is so fascinating mm. <laughs> yeah, your disorder literally. that you're struggling with is so fascinating <laughs> um <laughs> we have two more segments though i'm so excited for this go nuts i'm having a blast here um okay i love this segment because i think people bond over the things that piss us off mm. and the things that make us mad fuck positivity okay. let's get negative this okay. is the rant segment I need to rant. Okay, I'm not much of a ranter. I uh, I don't necessarily have a rant prepared. But I was thinking, after a recent <laughs> recent dating experience, not to constantly go back to that topic, it's difficult for me to even put in the words how much respect I lose. And I hate to say for women, <laughs> but this is for women. Clip this out of context. Yeah. Only because I don't get to experience the female side of this with men. So this is specifically in the context of dating. I have such a fucking axe to grind with women who will use dating apps and all their pictures will be like heavily filtered. Right. Right. You mentioned this before. Oh my God. Who the fuck do you think you're fooling? I'm going to see you in person. <laughs> and when I find out that you lied to me about what you look like, I'm not going to have a good first impression. And you're not going to fuck a, a deer. date. A what? You're not going to fuck a deer. <laughs> like those deer filters? Or like... Oh my God. Not even that. Those like weird shitty cartoon filters. Those, the ones those, that make your eyes bigger. Those are just and... an immediate left swipe. I don't even waste a brain, a cell of brain power worrying about that shit. That just screams you don't have the emotional maturity of a child and I'm going to move on. But like the photo, the specifically beauty photo filters that yeah. are becoming so... Goddamn yeah. common. It's so I unhealthy. get it. Use it on your Instagram, whatever. Increase your social media fucking brand. Do it on or, stories or, or something. Do it on stories and shit. Yeah. But like, if you're seriously. Yeah. If you're seriously out there looking for somebody on any sort of romantic level, why would your first impression that you make to them be that you're fucking lying about right. what you look like? Yeah. If you're setting yourself up for man, disappointment. If I can put an unfiltered, <laughs> full body shot on my dating profile so you know exactly what you're signing up for <laughs> so can you it's not that much to ask granted fucking fair ding ding for that ding ding for I that I mean okay so Sarah and I brought up filters in our last episode okay. with Sarah um, talking about so I have this kind of new outlook on filters yeah which is if you like if you, okay filters make you look hot it increases your confidence you're like I look hot as fuck mm. if Seeing yourself looking hot as fuck, yeah, go nuts. Um, helps you be confident. Just channel that inner, like channel that inwards, and think of yourself walking around the world in that filter. But don't. Does that make sense? There is so much to be said. There is so much to be said. 
for somebody that has at least a shred of self-confidence. Just a presence, okay. a presence just of, a of like, just a I'm hot as shit. I'm hot as shit. Fuck you if you don't think otherwise. I don't care how hot or not you actually are in real life. Using the filters just screams insecurity. That's right. You're really right. Does. You're not wrong. And for me personally, I'm not, I'm not the king of men. I'm not claiming to speak for anybody else. But for me personally, that is extremely unattractive. I get it. Everybody has their shit. I got, you don't know what keeps me up at night. I don't know what keeps you up at night. I get everybody's got their stuff. But like just putting out there that you got to use filters, yeah. right? That's, man, I don't want to deal with that. And it's also really sad for young girls who are growing up thinking I, that's that's how they have to look. I had or, a video you know. date. I had a video date a couple of months ago. It was one of the last dating experiences before I just like got rid of the apps altogether. Um, lovely enough woman, a couple of years older than me. Pictures were really great. Looked cute. We had great dialogue. And then she's like, hey, she also, we eventually uh, traded numbers. And she also had an Android. And instead of uh, FaceTime, Android has some specific photo chat, uh, video chat app. So she was like, hey, let's do that. Let's like video chat with each other. I said, okay. Yeah, she was like fucking almost terrifying without the filters on. What? I actually like, I think I may have physically reacted when her face came on screen. Right? And this isn't like... Because it's a wide angle lens and the light was unflattering. This was, you took 15 years off your fucking oh, skin con, con, um, right. texture with your filters. And that's just, yeah. I mean, you lied to me. You lied to me about what you look like. Yeah. I actually probably would have still swiped right on her without the filters on. She was not necessarily an unattractive person. But, but because you were given this and you got this. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah, it's straight up lied to my face. No pun intended. I was texting with a photographer today about about this, about things like retouching, because yeah. uh, I'm doing a shoot on Saturday morning, and she, she kind of gave me this heads up, like, I don't really retouch too much, and I was like, that's cool, but like, if I have a zit, I just would like that. If I'm paying for photos, professional photos, yeah, um, take I'm, the I mean, take the zit out. Uh, that's just kind of my thing. I'm like, I guess, like, like, just you know, do the little retouch. There's a Photoshop. There's the, I know the Photoshop tool. It's called the Heal tool. Ooh, I wish I could yes. put it over my soul, but uh, I can't. But <laughs> I can only put it over my fucking cystic acne that pops oh up when I have photo shoots, and only then. Thank you, face. Um, but she was. She essentially said, "Oh yeah, like I'll do acne, but like." wrinkles and stuff i'm not i don't do and i was like oh respect respect yeah, for that good, that's good for her. It, it, it needs to look and like you and it ne- should look natural and yeah. not like a magazine exactly you know uh, look i have no hate towards doing little yeah, retouches you just your best line i get Whatever. that yeah you want to you want to mm. you want to look good I, I respect wanting yes. to look good i certainly do too yeah but there's a, a pretty fucking wide line in the sand between that and you took 15 years and about 60 pounds off your Fuck, man. image with your pictures. Geneva Dickey, uh-huh. my matchmaker friend, um, yeah. very much so believes in having at least one no makeup photo in, your, in your dating profile. I've swiped right woman. on plenty of women that had no makeup photos. Mm, they might be wearing some. Guys don't know what makeup is. Most guys don't know what makeup is. Oh, you think you know a lot about makeup? I know a lot more about makeup than you would expect me to. Really? Yes. Oh, shit. Just, just look. He's found our tricks. No, man. I <laughs> Our sorcery. <laughs> most of the close people in my life are women. Yeah. I've 
it's I grew up uh, to a single mother. Yeah. I mean, I've seen many times all stages of makeup application and preparation. <laughs> I can't, I'm not, I'm not saying I can do your makeup. Oh, that'd be a fun live stream. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not making any audacious claims like, oh, I could be a makeup artist. Anything like that. I'm just saying. Like, You've seen the process. You've seen. I'm very familiar with what a non-makeup and makeup face look like. And that's fine. I have yeah, personal preference. I have no issue with that. Um, never in a thousand years. Sorry, Geneva. I'm never doing that. Uh, <laughs> and I get it. Uh, I'm never doing that. Maybe someday. I'm not on that step of my journey yet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I feel like I'm mocking. I, I definitely am mocking. You're mocking that. inspired white girls everywhere. I'm mocking them a little All the bit. Kayleys and Ashleys. Because and our journeys are so fucking. There's some people who think like wearing a crop top is their journey. <sighs> oh, I went on a journey tonight because I put on a crop top. We're back and we're going to get to the next segment, which yeah, is please. also fairly negative. Um, it's all right. I'm but it. it is more specific to you. So. Okay. Um, do you have an unpopular opinion? Don't hate me for this, but it's time for an unpopular opinion. Yeah, well, yes, I have. I do. Um, it's not. This is not particularly <laughs> anything salacious. Uh, just you don't believe in COVID vaccines. Oh my god. <laughs> COVID's not real. <laughs> please, please. I no. recently found out somebody very close to my family is anti-vax. I'm hugely disappointed. Oh, God. Uh, like full-on conspiracy, mind control, anti-vax shit. It's really sad. So, no, I do not partake in that belief system. Um, my hot take is that uh, Scarlett Johansson is not that pretty. Oh, she, bitch. She's not unattractive. Oh. Like... Woo. I agree, though. Like, <laughs> okay, full disclosure. She's she's overrated. She, I mean, she's an an attractive woman. If she was like, I'm she, gonna suck your dick tonight, I would not run away. She's the pumpkin spice latte <clears throat> of hot women. Yeah, exactly. It's just the way uh, this goes back to like when she first got involved, or when she first really got a Hollywood career. I think going back probably pre, uh, goddamn, what was that fucking Bill Murray movie? Uh, Which one? The one that she was in. Oh, shit. I don't know her movies that oh, well. Was it Marvel? Black Widow? No, 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 no. This was like early 2000s. Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> you know, if, for the record, never actually saw the movie. Got 20 minutes in. I was like, this fucking sucks. And I was it a romance? Uh, yeah. Uh, romantic comedy. Barcelona so something? No, no, no. Just type Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray. See be the first hit. Uh, oh, <laughs> Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. There Thank it is. you. I really need to heal. And hand in my film snob card now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, this is the earliest that I remember, is about when Lost in, Trans- Lost in Translation came out and everybody was like, Scarlett Johansson, she's so fucking hot. She's like hottest, prettiest woman in the world. Oh my God. And she's an all right actress and she's not ugly. But oh my God, I just, all I'm trying to say is I never understood why people act like she's some sort of sex object. Yeah. Like, holy shit. She's yeah. a reasonably attractive woman with pretty okay, although like I'm way more into like marriage story Scarlett Johansson than Black Widow Scarlett Johansson. I think she's so hot in marriage story because she just plays an average person. Whereas when they're trying to turn her into a sex object in something like Black Widow, not on board. Right. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, she's not. Yeah, she's not. Yeah. 
I also just I find it so weird judging attractiveness. It's I know it makes I me feel, feel it makes me feel icky. this piece of shit does actually feel a little <laughs> bit bad. No. Casting judgment on the looks of others. No, but I it's think, not even judging her for her looks. It's society's insistence on portraying her as some sort of sex symbol. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's also just the fact that like she's every guy's like number one. Like she's just so popularly like one of the hotter. Yeah, I don't even know. Women. I don't get it. Oh, who, who would be the guy, Sky ScarJo? Like know. um, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Is it a I'm a. I'm definitely an Anne Hathaway guy. Oh, see, a lot oh, of people man. don't like Anne Hathaway because she's a bitch. Oh, oh, I'd settle her down. <laughs> <laughs> in a heartbeat. I don't mind Anne Hathaway. Um, she was in that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal that was really hot, and I, I love Jake Gyllenhaal, so I really liked uh, them together in that, that movie. Love and that? other drugs. Oh yeah, I never saw that one. That's a good one, actually. You know what? A movie that I actually ended up watching. It was a long time ago, and I've only seen it the one time. Was Rachel getting married? I really oh. like that movie. Only saw it once. I was I've like, "This is a good. really good movie." I've, and I've been meaning good. to rewatch it, but yeah, fuck. You're a big film guy. Well, you work in film, yeah, and TV and all of that. So I'm still, there, I mean, there's so many things I haven't seen. Do you some do you watch movies weekly? No, it is so rare for me to put on a new piece of media to consume for the first time. Like I just, I don't. That's. If there was one aspect of being younger that I wish I still had, one fire from my youth that I wish I still had, it was desire to seek new media. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Not into finding, I don't want to dedicate the brain power to investing into a new series. I don't, it's hard for me to get convinced to really take two hours of my life to focus on a movie that 90% of the time I don't like anyway. Uh, new bands fucking forget about it. Like I'll put on a random Spotify playlist and maybe one out of 20 songs would be like, that sounds interesting. I'll, you know, favorite that and go back to it later. Can I offer a hot take? Sure. This might piss some people off. But it's the end of the episode, so I'll say it. I agree with you. I'm the same way. It's very rare that I watch things now too. Okay. Due to being busy. Yeah. I kind of feel like watching things as an adult. Like if you're in your... I would say 30s, like early 30s, you know, towards, you know, this time that like we're all busy. Uh, if you're watching a lot of things, you're probably one of those people who just works and comes home and watches stuff and then goes mm. to work and then comes home. And Granted, then, so I work people and come who home and watch play video TV are boring. That's true. You're probably not someone with side hustles, I think is more <laughs> what I'm saying. Not because the people themselves might not be boring, but... I chalk it up to busyness for me. I'm doing so much that usually when I'm done doing, mm. I want to mindlessly scroll TikTok or mindlessly sc scroll Reddit or just stare at a wall or stand in a hot shower and cry. Like, actually, it's ASMR for me. That's the only thing that can calm me down these days is um, <laughs> listening to people tap on microphones. I mean... Is that a hard take? That's, I hope that's not mean. I'm just saying that, like, a person. You know, I feel like if, if you're someone who's constantly watching seasons, as they're exposed to more hardcore material. <laughs> but if you're constantly watching seasons of shows, you must just yeah. be somebody who you you have that free time for me, and you don't do much outside of your job. It's true, and and there are a lot of people. It's not a bad like thing, that. and it's not a bad thing. In I fact, mean, I envy it sometimes. It is the reality for a lot of people in the last couple of years, you know. But I think you're in, you're working in your passion field, and yeah. I am too. And I mean, it doesn't, it's not perfect. It doesn't make you an instantly happier person. But I think that there's definite advantages 
to being in a field that makes you excited to go to work every day. I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. I get to do a lot of cool shit in my job. Um, you sure do. And I'm very, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, it's good company to work for. I meet interesting people, do cool stuff involved with fun projects, you know, uh, and it's a, it's a nice way to keep the bills paid. And I've had some bad fucking jobs. There's, Oh yeah. Let's talk about bad jobs. There's, there've been some jobs. This is going longer, Sarah. So if myself. you need to leave, you gone. No, I'm good. You sure? For a few more minutes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what time do you have to leave, Sarah? I'm sorry. I no, don't. Oh no, no, it's all good. You take your time. Okay. Uh, we, we are trying to keep them under two hours, but I'm loving this. So like, let's just yeah. keep going. I didn't even realize how long we were going. No, we're, we're, we've, well, it says 1.50, but in all fairness, we had 10 minutes of banter at the start. Exactly. So it's more like 1.40 right and now. five minutes but of that's bashing fine. It's just, oh, uh, and I started working on a new feedback survey today just to be like, because the podcast is, is actually doing worse than it was before. Oh no. Which is very heartbreaking for me because I'm just like, I'm really trying to improve things and like make it better for people. But like people want shorter episodes. So I'm trying to keep them under two hours. But it's fucking hard. These conversations that we have, it's hard to, it's hard to condense it. And I, and, and a lot of times I go, well, I had a good conversation. So I'm just going to post it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's kind of podcasting is, is tough when you've been doing it for as long as I have and you just go, oh, look. You've been I'm doing it for a long trying time. Trying to experiment, oh, trying to do different things, trying to make it better. But it's also like, I can't give you guys something if I don't know what you want. So, so you're working on a feedback survey. Yeah, I'm it's working fun. on another feedback survey just to be like, what guests do you want more of? What types of guests do you like? Do you like the segments? Do you hate the segments? Should I do new segments? Sh- like, what is it? What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Because it's like, at a certain point, it's like, the weekly grind is a lot, and if I'm not getting the payoff I want, well, it's a, it takes a, a lot away from my life, even I though know. I love doing it. I think a lot of people fail to realize exactly how much work something like this. Oh, Listen, people have no sweet clue. Uh, I'm telling, uh, you know, whoever's still listening two hours in, uh, the shit takes a lot of time and a lot of work to make. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that you've been able to do it for as long as you have. It's very commendable. So good for you, Sarah. It is. And and I also think to people listening, because I love this podcast, but I also am on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Do we have a title? On a journey. journey. Um, with trying to enjoy my life again. And it's like, you know, for me personally, I'm like intoxicated isn't the end all be all for podcasting for me. I have other ideas for podcasts that I like, like series drops where it's like a chunk of episodes that I right. drop all together. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, I'm not, it's, it's not as heavy as it used to be, but I'm, I'm trying people. I'm really trying. <coughs> this is hard to do. Well, you're doing great. Okay. Oh, my, worst jobs. Worst jobs. Okay. My all time worst job was as a, Outbound survey oh. call center worker. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. All around. I had to do that too. Mm-mm. Everything about that job was terrible. I will never forget in our very first day, which was just a training day. It was just a few hours sitting in an office being told what the job was. We broke for a little lunch and then I looked out the window and there is Johnny running out of the parking lot. He just left. This dude just like, nope, out of here. And he's like hauling ass out of the parking lot to where the bus stop is. Never saw that guy again. And I should have known. I should have known. Johnny. Good on you, Johnny. You made the right call because I spent six months there 
and I wanted to kill myself every single day I woke up for work. Was it teleattack? No. Okay, because uh, Nathan McIntosh has a whole joke about quitting teleattack, and it's so no, funny. Although and that walking brings, out. I uh, had some friends that have been uh, worked at teleattack. Yeah. <laughs> I love the look in your Man. eyes. Is you could put, you could put war music over Richard's face, where it, like epic <laughs> like bombs a going off, yards stairs, just remembering that smell of fucking hand sanitizer and yeah. the sound of ringing phones. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 Although they were on part of the hand sanitizer. Thinking about that job, the smell, the smell oh, of that hand yeah. sanitizer. I work, I'm 38 years old. I worked that job when I was 20, maybe 19. And like the smell of the hand sanitizer they use in that office is burned into my fucking brain. They still use that sentence, hand, hand, hand sanitizers that you'll find places. If it ends up on my skin, I get like my skin crawls. It is physically revulsive to think, to have any sort of mental uh, association with my time working at that place. Yeah. Uh, outbound worst. telemarketing for surveys. And Arguably worse than, say, a customer service role. No Because you're bugging people. Man, I called. We would, it was an auto dialer. So you log <laughs> in and it would just pick uh, a, a random number out of whatever the database was constructed from. This could be customer feedback surveys. You know, you fill out uh, a feedback thing for whatever restaurant. You leave your phone number. That goes into a database, gets sold to a, a telemarketing firm who then sells it to other people so they can call you. Uh, at least that was the way, like in right. the you know very early two thousands. Um, the auto dialer put me through to somebody once. I don't. Remember, we'll say John Smith. John Smith. And uh, I was like, uh, "Hello, I'm Richard. I'm calling from uh, <laughs> insert company name here. Uh, can I reach uh, or can I speak to John Smith, please?" And this woman was like, "He's dead. Please don't call here again." <laughs> Click. I'm grieving. Yeah. This was like one week into the job. And shit. that was the moment that I knew that this shit was not for me. And I was there for six more months. Uh, I remember like you're, you're <laughs> as with all call centers, they put metrics on everything. The amount of time you're on calls, your amount of time between disconnects, how much time you're logged into the system, blah, 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 blah. Your completion rate, your yeah. completion rate. Handle time. Handle time. Um, I was on a phone call once for 45 minutes oh been talking calls, to a yeah. guy about his most recent experience at KFC. He hung up about? on the last question. <laughs> oh, my God. Two days later, I called in sick with food poisoning. A day after that, I called in sick again with the same food poisoning. And the third day, I said, I fucking quit. I'm done. <clears throat> and then I just got a new job. Six months. Can I say, I had a survey call me literally the other day. Um, I, for the first time ever, I saw the number on the phone. Uh -huh. And normally I would ignore it because I know. This time I was just like, I'm, they keep calling me. This is annoying. So I'm just going to answer and see if I can people. dump this person so they can stop calling me. Yeah. It was a woman who sounded very nice. Told me what the survey was. Do you have time? And I, I should have just at that point said, no, I'm not interested in doing the survey. But instead I went, no, I don't have time right now. And then she says, would there be a more convenient time for me to call back? And in my mind, I was just like, don't be nice, Sarah. Don't be nice. <laughs> just, I was just like... No! <laughs> and I just said no! 
So I just said the word now. I just said. <laughs> she said. And it was so hard for me to say. Like I was literally like so tense, just being like, "No, there isn't." You're a very kind-hearted person, and it must have been difficult for you to. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Richard. I'm not though. <laughs> You're a pretty kind person. Uh, no. So, end of the episode. Whatever. I had a Everybody... I had my internet cut off, right. and. Uh, I'm not so kind when that happens. That's a very different situation. Because there's survival, there's like survival mode. Yeah. Bitchy Sarah. And then there's like, you know, Sarah just trying to be nice to someone who's doing their job. Yeah. But like, I have been very mean to like, to people who I owe money to for no reason other than I fucked up. Other than your own I'm insecurities. Mad at my, I'm, I'm mad at myself. I'm not mad at them. Yeah. I'm pissed at myself, yeah. but it's coming out. Classic case of projection. It's coming Ladies, out. Am I right, fellas? So like, I feel like that kind of made up for the, the, the shittiness is that <sighs> I've done. Uh, hot little <sighs> PSA for anybody listening. I don't, do they even still do survey phone calls? I have no idea. If the one that ever, I got was for media, media, usage or radio okay, usage cool. or something if you ever want to end up on okay first off if you ever want to end up on the do not call list of anybody that calls you for any reason for solicitation whether that be service or telemarketing tell them there's nobody in the household under the age or over the age of 18 they can't do this shit the minors if they have reason to believe that nobody in the household is legally able to do nobody is it yeah. just, a, just a house full of children? You could say that there's nobody in the house over the age of 19. It might be 18 or 19. Legal age majority and wherever. Would I decide. have to like... Oh. Nope. Just Would say, I have to like make my voice different? If you have the voice of somebody who's obviously an adult, you're an adult friend of one of the residents of the house. You're just visiting. There's nobody there over the age of majority in the uh, residence. I'm 12. They won't waste their time believable? calling you. No. No. I just whatever. No, that's, that's, that's this person's sister then, or brother. They live here, but you know what? And then they'll age. really stop, eh? And then they'll really stop. Um, well, I mean, unless you have some just some shitty agent who just doesn't, know how to do doesn't believe you. Blocking calls help too. Okay. I guess that kind of does. Um, and of course, we're talking about legitimate businesses. Obviously, this won't help with anybody. Obviously, trying to scam you. Um, but also, if you say that you or somebody in your family uh, is employed by or otherwise associated with whatever, if it's a survey specifically, whatever the company is that they're calling for, then you disqualify. They're not allowed to survey people who work for the company or who have, like, their mom works for KFC, let's say. There's bias. Exactly. So It's like, why I can never, like, judge the next roast battle because I'm friends with someone in the roast battle. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, man, I'd judge it. I'm friends, not friends with all of them. (laughs) I shouldn't oh, say that. I don't oh, even know who's in it. Oh, yeah. I got to show you the video after this. Okay, we're done. Cool. I'll, I'll show yeah. you the video. Um, yeah. So if you ever want to get out of a survey phone call, tell them that nobody in the house is over the age of 19. That's a good tip. Or that you or somebody else in your family works for whoever the company they're surveying on behalf of is. And that will get you off the phone. They can't go forward. I felt so bad saying no to that yeah. girl. And I didn't even say I'm sorry after. So what you do, that's exactly what I mean. You don't position it as you saying no. Yeah, I would love to help. Or they'll eventually ask you questions relevant to that you just just you just say i don't i don't qualify to be asked these it's it's not a matter of want it's i don't qualify yeah, to be it's asked just these like questions. if somebody's like oh, we're calling you on behalf of uh, frito-lay we'd like to ask you about uh, what you think I, about these I chips work for frito-lay they're like oh hey what? that's cool that's cool my mom works for frito-lay oh yeah and they'll be like oh yeah we can't sorry my mom's Bye. also underage i'm <laughs> <laughs> 
Very, she, very young pregnancy. Oh my gosh, that's wild. Whew, what a what a ride this was. This was so fun. Oh, I'm um, glad you think so. I was kind of honestly a little nervous. A little nervous, yeah. I don't always I mean this goes back to the whole solitude thing we spoke at the beginning. Like I'm very comfortable. I forget sometimes how easy it can be to engage in a long conversation with somebody who's also a good interviewer for the record. Well, that's um, nice who's good at talking because I'm also very happy sitting in a group of people and not talking, which I do a lot. Me too. Right? So You know what? Listening is a skill that is underappreciated. Oh, I agree. The ability to listen because we were talking off mic about, you know, people who drain us, people who are a little too chatty and yeah. go on and on and on. Like just the ability to know when the fuck to stop. Cause I think I'm also chatty, but I know when to stop. Yeah. Like I, I mean, know when to shut the fuck up. You're chatty when the situation calls for it. You're somebody that, I mean, we haven't spent like an ass load of time together, but certainly a lot. And I don't think there's ever been a point where I've been like, God, I wish Shara would shut the fuck oh, up. Oh, thank God. And believe me, I've, been around plenty of people where all I'm thinking is I wish you would shut the fuck up. Because I want the words I'm saying to be to mean things, not yeah. unnecessary words. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's podcasting has taught me that like oh quality boy. over quantity. If I got a good tale for you after the podcast, couldn't get away with saying it on air. But oh sweet. Don't forget it's just the topic of people talking too much. Oh no, I love this. So thanks so much for this was awesome. Anything else you want to bring up before we go? Is there anything else that you would want to bring up? Anything we didn't cover that you think might be compelling? No, I don't know. I'm pretty drunk now. I mean, this was this was an awesome conversation and I and I think that this is a good episode to do because I think there's a lot of people in the comedy scene here who know you or know of you, but don't know you this well. So yeah, I think yeah. I think that we've uncovered. I do some generally interesting things try about to you. keep to myself at those things. So yeah. Right. So this is That's, this is like Mystery Man there, Richard right. episode. Oh. That's the title. I'd love to come back. Mystery. <laughs> no, it's it's Lady Killer Casanova. Right. No, my please do not <laughs> use that. Oh my god, I keep my dating life and my private life very separate, or personal life. Yes, uh, yes, you do. But it was a, a awesome to have you on. Good. I'm and very happy to be here. I had a wonderful time. Can anyone? Can people find you on? So I know we talked about hating social media, but can yeah, people no. follow you on Instagram? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Oh, I, that's right. Um, I don't use Richard Allen on Facebook, but you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Senor Ding Dong underscore. Yes. I made a mistake once. It used to be just Senor Ding Dong, which was the greatest in handle on Instagram, in my opinion. And then I changed it to try and look more professional for something. And then I decided, <laughs> no, fuck this. I want my old name back. Because, and then because I couldn't changing Senor yeah. Ding Dong slightly will make it more professional. No, it was to something <laughs> completely different. Entirely different. Oh, really? And I was like, this fucking sucks. I want my old name back. It was funny. Uh, and I couldn't get it without the un- underscore. Oh, I, I hate like, that. Mm, that's motherfucker. Intoxicated Twitter. Did it to myself. Um, intoxicated podcast is taken. And and it's also too long. So the Twitter handle for intoxicated is like in underscore intoxicated, which I fucking hate so much. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's so I, stupid. Mm, I hate having to put an underscore thing. I pride myself also, on not yeah. having it in none of my online handles. I don't have to do this shit with any of my online stuff except for Instagram fucking instagram because i fucked it up maybe one day i'll get it back uh if anybody wants to follow me on instagram yeah that's cool look all I you do, post funny memes and shit all i redo is uh, all you i do, do good is, memes is repost there. memes that's it no i, I love that though. that's what the world needs well humor if it's not funny i'm not gonna post it the highest in- interaction we've had on intoxicated instagram recently was a meme i made <laughs> oh yeah yeah which one 
Uh, it's the one. It's uh, of Squid Game, and it's like the, oh, I the idea yet. for a podcast, and it's the and then it's and it's oh, actually doing thing, a podcast. Right? That old man like, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I need to post that in like a podcasting Reddit or something because I think people would appreciate it. They should. But yeah, thanks for coming on so much. And actually, hold up your I'll skeleton. Back in the time. Can you hold up the skeleton and ring the bell? Or can you ring the bell with the skeleton? Oh, can I? <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Richard, for coming on. We did Good it. night. Happy Halloween. So, just go the fuck down. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the intoxicated podcast if you enjoyed this week's episode make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on apple podcasts you can also give us a follow on facebook and instagram at intoxicated podcast and check out our video episodes on the intoxicated youtube channel until next week feel hard and talk hard Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan, co-produced by Sarah Nicole, and brought to you by the messiness of life. <laughs> <laughs>